41. The following is another ESPN Sports presentation. Right side, Huffman skips past the first man. Inside the 10, breaks a tackle to the 5. Walker, did he drag him into the end zone? He did. Touchdown, Burwell. A 14-yard run from Torrey Huffman. Central Nebraska's ESPN Radio Superstation presents high school football. Fire look here as the running backs off the of shoulder of Vedder here. Vedder standing at the 25. They run across back. Vedder is going to keep it himself. He's going to try to outrun the edge, and he does. Breaks a tackle. Has it at the 10, the 5, touchdown. Vedder goes in from 20 yards out. Today, it's live coverage of the Nebraska State Championships from Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. High School Football on ESPN Radio is brought to you by the KXPN Sports Club. First and 10 Vikings at the Bearcat 24, scoreless in the opening quarter. And the pitch play right side, it's Gray again. Big hole inside the 20, cuts back to the 10. He's at the 5, lowers his shoulder, he's into the end zone for the first touchdown. A 24-yard run for Xander Gray. Over the final two days of the season, six programs will hoist a state title trophy. And you can hear every game right here on your ESPN Superstation. It's time to crown the next state champion, but first the New Tech Seed pregame show. We'll take you live to Memorial Stadium in Lincoln right after this word with New Tech Seed. New Tech is known as the undisputed yield leader as a result of their excellent performance in university and first trials and in your fields. While winning isn't everything at the high school level, it sure makes things a lot more interesting. To put New Tech's winning genetics to work for you, contact Terry or Jason Stark of Cutting Edge Seed and Chemicals at 750-6060. That's 750-6060. Or visit NewTech at yieldleader.com. Young disputed Midwest yield leader. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. We've already crowned four state champions. There are still four teams vying for state titles here in Class C1. It will be O'Neill taking on Bishop Newman later on tonight here on the ESPN Superstation, the Class B final between Scott and... uh, Elkhorn South, but this one kind of a contrast of teams a little bit. O'Neill has not been to the state finals that often. Their football tradition does not pale in comparison to what Bishop Newman has been able to do out of Wahoo. Wahoo has come in throughout the course of the year as the number one team throughout most of the year. They were the number one overall seed, even though they lost their regular season finale against their arch rivals from across town in Wahoo. And O'Neill is a perfect 12-0 heading to the state championship game. I'm Randy Bushcutter, kind enough to join us uh, as my color guy, Caleb Henry. And like I say, a little bit difference in these two teams because Newman has been here time and time again over the rich tradition of their school. O'Neill, this is a, this is a relatively rare occurrence for them. Yeah, if you look at the two teams, if you just look at tradition, Bishop Newman has more state championships than O'Neill does state finals appearances. But from looking at the two teams, O'Neill, their undefeated season going into the championship, have a chance at that dream season. And for Bishop Newman, their only loss being to cross down rival Wahoo, who's not here to see him today. Yeah. And again, we have to point out Newman. Yeah, they've won three state titles, but none of these guys were on the 2003 state championship <laughs> team. You know, they they might have an uncle or maybe even, you know, a dad or somebody in the family might have been on that squad. And O'Neill has never been. Uh, they've been to the state finals. They've never been state champions. And it's been back in 1982 since the last time that they were in the state finals. But again, None of these guys have been on the field for a state championship game. It's still relatively new for all of them, even though Newman has richer tradition. It's still a once-in-a-lifetime experience, as well it should be. It's new for everyone who's going to be on the field, but 
What's not new for anyone is playing at a very high level. Both of these teams have played at a high level all year, especially the two quarterbacks. For Bishop Newman, Noah Vedrill is actually going to Central Florida, play for Scott Frost. He's a great quarterback across the state. And from what a lot of people have been saying the past couple days down here in Lincoln, Alex Tramer for O'Neill is every bit as much of a quarterback as Noah Vedrill is. So it'll be interesting to see how these two quarterbacks go back and forth leading their offenses throughout this game. And it is important to note that both these two quarterbacks do take great care of the ball because Tramer has not thrown an interception all season long. And again, a big game. Turnovers can be a key factor. Both of these squads, with the exception of Newman when they played Wahoo, really take both these squads take good care of the ball. Yes, they both take good care of the ball, and they both force turnovers. For the year, Bishop Newman has 18 picks. They've got two guys, one Eli Vedrill, who has five picks on the season. Jackson Simmons has seven interceptions on his own. That's more than some teams ended up with at the end of the regular season. So it'll be important for Alex Tramer to continue to take good care of the ball when he does put it in the air. And again, one of the things we kind of talked about experience, one key element of that experience is Tim Turman, the head coach of uh, Wahoo Newman, because he's been here time and time again. He has won uh, those state championships with the uh, Cavaliers going back to 2003. With the head coach of uh, O'Neill, he's also won a state title as well when he was uh, out in Ewing. Yeah, he did, and, and Ewing also had some uh, some success this year. So that's something where anywhere he's gone, success has followed as well. So for these coaches, it'll be what are they going to get their players up for in this game. It's a little bit colder today than maybe they experienced through the rest of the season, but as soon as you get on the field, those nerves go away. The adrenaline gets going, and as soon as the starting lineups get done, everyone's just ready to play some football. Well, either Brock Brock Eichelberger from uh, O'Neill, who won a state title at Ewing as their head coach, or Coach Tim Terman for Bishop Newman is going to come away with yet another state championship. And we'll find out. The third seed, uh, O'Neill, they're perfect uh, 12-0 on the year. Bishop Newman, they're the number one seed. They were rated number one by the Omaha and Lincoln newspapers throughout most of the season. They are the number one overall all seeds so both of these two squads very good have always kind of played with a lot of confidence and we'll find out who will come away with the state championship when we kick things off here in about eight minutes or so you're listening to the new tech seed pregame show new tech seed your yield leader contact terry or jason stark or a new tech seed dealer near you we're going to step away for a moment uh, we'll have a commercial break we'll come back with our starters as well as have a little Pre-game analysis from our good friend Bob Jensen. We'll do that when we come back to Lincoln right after this timeout. Whether you're talking sports or farming, one thing is the same. You need power. Think Husker Power products for propane, natural gas, and diesel irrigation engines customized to your needs. When you require irrigation power, parts, or timely service, think Husker Power products, your provider of GM-powered natural gas and LP high-efficiency irrigation engines and fuel-efficient Isuzu diesel engines. Call 402-463-1531 for Husker Power products of Hastings, your full-service irrigation engine headquarters. Now, also located in Sutton. Oh, I can't believe it. Are you kidding me? Out here in the middle of nowhere, Mom and Bramps will kill me. What's that girl? Call Carney Towing and Repair? Because they'll get us home from anywhere? But I don't have their number. 
308-236-9951. Thanks, girl. 24-hour towing, certified repair. No matter why, no matter where. 308-236-9951. Lock it in, Carney Towing and Repair. And welcome back here to Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. Tom Osborne Field down below us. They've announced the starting lineups here for Bishop Newman, and we'll give you our starters as well. We'll begin, first of all, for the undefeated O'Neill Eagles as their starters on offense look like this. At center will be Parker Belgium. He's 185 pounds and a senior. The left guard will be Devin Fritz, 260 pounds and a senior. The uh, right guard will be Chance Scholes. He's 215 pounds and a senior. The tackles on the right side will be Jason Halbeck. He's 215 pounds and a senior. The left tackle and punter is Tyler Reagan, Reagan rather. Uh, he's 195 pounds and a senior. And so those are the big guys up front. Your tight end will be Bryce Heiser. He's 190 pounds and a senior. Wide receiver will be Wyatt Lever, 160 pounds and a junior. The other wide receiver will be Justin Appleby, 175 pounds and a senior. In the uh, backfield, your uh, fullback will be Bailey Thompson. Thompson's 190 pounds and a senior. The running back will be Jake Young. He's 175 pounds and a senior. And the quarterback is uh, Alex Tramer, Tramer is 180 pounds, only a junior, as we mentioned, has not thrown an interception this season. He has thrown for 1,969 yards, uh, 126 out of 194 in the air, 26 touchdowns. Again, no interceptions. Thompson is actually the leading rusher uh, through the course of the year. Bailey Thompson, the fullback, has uh, carried the ball 142 times for 884 yards. Your fullback is the leading rusher here. For O'Neill. Now for Bishop Newman, their starters and the offense will look like this. The center is Andrew Clement, 185 pounds and a senior. The uh, right tackle will be Evan Walsh. He's 238 pounds and a junior. The uh, left tackle will be Caden Johnson. Johnson, 241 pounds and only a sophomore. Right guard is Caleb Bennis, 215 pounds and a junior. Left guard is Nick Sedlacek, 218 pounds and a senior. The tight end will be Theo Bloom, 206 pounds and a senior. The split end and their favorite target is Reed Jurgensmeyer, 203 pounds and a senior. The eye back is Thomas Lilly, 161 pounds and a senior. The fullback is Trevin Rizek. He's a senior, 188 pounds. And the uh, wide receivers will be Pete Burke, 167 pounds and a senior. The other wide out will be Jackson Simmons, 170 pounds and a senior. And the quarterback is Noah Vedral, Vedral, 185 pounds and a senior. And as we mentioned, uh, he can do it both on the ground and in the air, throwing the ball throughout the course of the season. He's 122 out of 187. Uh, he has 20 touchdowns, but seven interceptions on the year. And I think half of those were in the game against Wahoo at the end of the regular season. And again, the, the, the favorite target is Jurgensmeyer. He's caught 43 balls for 800 yards and has 10 touchdowns on the year. And really, it's done by committee in terms of running, rushing the ball. Rezek is a leading rusher. He's run for 1,031 yards. He averages about 7.4 yards a carry here for Bishop Newman, and that is your starting lineup brought to you by Five Points Bank, the better bank in Kearney. And uh, last week, we had our good friend Bob Jensen on the Doug and Daddy Show. Bob had a conversation with Doug 
last week about uh, kind of the matchup here tonight between O'Neill and Wahoo. Let's eavesdrop in on that conversation from the Doug and Daddy show last week and find out what they have, uh, what Bob says we can look forward to tonight or this afternoon when O'Neill takes on Wahoo Newman. Well, I'll tell you what, I uh, I thought Carney Catholic could win the game against Newman, and I suppose maybe in the back of my head, you, you said the same thing, you know, Wahoo 21, Newman 0. Now, granted, that was Wahoo Super Bowl. That, that you know, that, that may very well have been more important than winning state. But the fact of the matter is that Newman got shut out, and, you, you know, you get shut out, that's that's pretty profound. Well, Newman, that's probably the worst thing that happened the rest of C1 because Newman's been playing like a house on fire ever since. And um, I got there I got there at halftime of the uh, Kearney Catholic game, and uh, I was pretty well startled by what I saw. I mean, but uh, Newman has obviously found itself again. Uh, you know, everybody knows about the, the federal kid at quarterback. Um They've got a lot of other athletes, so you know, Reed Jurgensmeyer is a guy that people are going to get tired of seeing um, if you're uh, if you're if you're from O'Neill. Um, they've got uh, they got a running back, this Trevin Rezac, that never started a game in his life. He's a thousand yard rusher. Their line is big. Evan Welsh is a name you'll be calling a lot in the defensive line. Thing is that O'Neill, you know, everybody loves a fairy tale. Okay, everybody loves a fairy tale, and what O'Neill is doing is is historic. That program has never won 12 games in a season before. Uh, they've set all sorts of school records. And, you know, last week, semifinal, on the road, after beating Aquinas, you know, playing a Boys Town team that's pretty good. They're not great, but they're pretty good. And, you know, they looked really good the week before. Well, O'Neill came out. I was at that game and just put that fire out <laughs> in the first quarter. A couple of quick scores just physically dominated and here's a team that has a little bit of everything. And the one thing it has a lot of is it, is it has mojo. And uh, that plays awfully big in a big game. I think O'Neill, I don't think O'Neill's going to play poorly. I think they're going to go down there and play well. Um, I just think Newman plays better. I think Newman's been the best team all season long. They had that one hiccup, and uh, I think they finished the job next Tuesday. And we're back here at Memorial Stadium, all set and just about ready to go. They warmed up on the field, and uh, Caleb, you're saying you're kind of impressed with how the quarterbacks are able to throw the ball around. Oh, yeah, and as we've already said, Alex Tramer has gone the whole season without throwing an interception. That alone, if you just end at the eight or nine games, is impressive. But I was watching Noah Vedral down here. He was standing at the 40-yard line, just looked like he was playing nice, easy, long toss with a baseball, getting it all the way down to the goal line. I think we're going to be ready to see him Throw the ball downfield, and O'Neal's defensive backs need to be ready to play some defense on that ball in the air and see if they can get some takeaways from this Division One recruit. And again, what they like to do, what Wahoo Newman likes to do, is they run that running game, and they set everything up off that running game into their passing game. You've been listening to the New Tech Seed pregame show, proudly brought to you by Terry Jason Sark, or a New Tech Seed dealer near you. As we're wrapping up our uh, pregame, we're going to keep it right here because O'Neill already out there teeing up the ball. Newman spending a little bit more time in the uh, in the huddle here. I think they a little bit more used to playing or seeing the state finals anyway because they realize that uh, they're still in the commercial break. So we'll take a quick commercial break here as well. We'll be back with a kickoff for the C1 state championship game right after this. Today, more and more people are insuring their homes with us through Auto Owners Insurance. I'm Dave Challey at Barney Insurance. We'll provide low-cost, quality protection, claim service second to none, and if you insure both your home and car through Auto Owners Insurance, you'll qualify for additional premium discounts. 
Stop by or give us a call at 237-2222. We're Barney Insurance. Time is the true test of endurance. Barney Insurance. And welcome back here to Tom Osborne Field at Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. Just about ready to kick this one off. As we mentioned, uh, O'Neill will be doing the kicking back deep for Bishop Newman to get things started here. will be uh, Ryan Daly. Back there with Jackson Simmons, and that's kind of a little bit of an indication of just how many athletes Wahoo Newman can put out there because you have a Division One athletic recruit in federal, and he's not even your return guy because you don't want to risk getting him hurt. Yeah, he's going to be integral in enough parts of the ball game that maybe keep him out of there for the opening kickoff, but he's going to be out there as soon as they do get that ball lined up for their first possession. So we're all set and pretty much ready to go here. O'Neill will be in their blue uniforms with the black pants, the blue helmet, and kind of the uh, the wings that you kind of see Oregon have from time to time on their uniforms. And uh, again, uh, it, you almost hate to mention the say the O word around here, but uh, kind of look like Ohio State uniforms for the Cavaliers. They're in the silver pants, silver helmets. They have the red numbers, letters, and trim. White jerseys, though. And uh, very much the same color scheme as Ohio State University, or should we say the Ohio State University. Side of their helmet says Cavaliers, and we're all set and ready to get this one kicked off here. It's all teed up here for uh, for Lever, as Lever will step into it. It's a high kick, and it's got pretty good loft on it. It's going to be picked up and after the bobble here. On the right side coming up with it is going to be Simmons. Simmons has a little seam, takes it out to the right wing there. They had a good wall set up. They had to set it up for a long time since they juggled the catch a little bit, and then that wall began to collapse. But it will be first and 10 here for the Cavaliers at the 32. Even with juggling the, the opening kickoff there, they did have enough guys set up Really good starting field position, and that's how you want to start the state championship game. Get it out to the 32 right away before your offense even takes the field. So they will go out of that kind of choir set here as Vedral will be uh, mirrored on either side. Now they put one man in motion here, and Vedral's going to hand it off on the— nope, he's going to pull that out of the belly, go right up the middle, put his head down, and he'll be short of the 39-yard line. But that's still a gain of about six, six and a half on first down. Yeah, Bryce Heiser in there on the tackle. There was really good motion going away from the ball, enough that two Eagles defenders actually went and tackled the guy running away from the play. Good decision there to take it up the middle. Lily off to the right, Rezac to the left of Vedral, who will be standing in that pistol formation on second and two and a half. Again, running back off of either shoulder, and Vedral will carry... No, he'll hand it off this time, and it's a good decision because they'll get enough for the first down going up by about two yards. And again, one of the things that's so impressive about Vedral is how he carries out the ball fakes as he gives it off to that first back coming through and then takes a hit. I'll admit, I was still watching Vedral by the time the play ended, and they were, they were tackled downfield for the first down. Vedral, two plays, two great decisions. And it will be first and ten as they do get the two and a half or almost three yards on the play. And on the right side there is going to be Lilly. They'll put it in his belly, a little read option. Vettel's going to keep it, try to split the defense, and he is going to get back to the line of scrimmage. And that's about it. That's the best defensive play here for O'Neill so far. And you can see that with the energy that the Eagles are showing out there right now. Yeah, there, there wasn't a lot of room for Vedral to hand it off there to get to the left. Plenty of blockers out to the left side. 
but the Eagles getting a great push and good contain on the edge to not, not let Vedrill get anywhere. And again, there's such a strong line is uh, Wahoo Newman, but yet they, they have that zone read, so they can beat you by just by attrition and then sometimes hit the big play. Vedrill, though, will step back here. He'll throw, and he finds Jurgensmeyer. Jurgensmeyer's in the seam, brings it across the 30. He runs through one potential tackler, and he'll take it down to about the 27-yard line. That's a big game there for their big receiver. He just ran a nice little post right up the middle, and there, even though they had five defensive backs on the field, the Eagles' defense left a lot of room for the gaps, and that, that's where they found him, nice little pitch and catch. So, again, that you open things up with that play-action pass. Vedral now will have one running back behind him. To his left is going to be Lilly, and he'll roll out. Looking to throw. Now he's going to tuck it, and he's going to be stopped short of the uh, line of scrimmage. So that'll be a sack here for the Eagles. As much as anything, that's going to be a coverage sack. But then a lot, a lot of guys Rome Neal showed up on that when Chance Shoals led the attack. Spencer Davis also went in there. But, yeah, a whole flock of Eagles to, to, to make a pun there. But they didn't really give up any room downfield, let any receivers get open. They really closed the pockets on what they'd given up the previous play. And since Spencer Davis led that uh, tackle with two other guys, we could call that the Spencer Davis group. If we're going to do puns, let's, go, let's do puns. Out of the pistol, again, Vedral going to call it out. He's got time to throw all day to throw, and he'll split it out to that right side. It's going to be caught in space out there by Burke. Burke puts his head down and is going to get across the line to gain and have a nice little gain there as he'll be knocked out of bounds at about the 11-yard line. Again, just slipping out in that open space. There was coverage, really good other locations, but wide open there was Burke. Burke and Jurgensmeyer were both out to the side. Jurgensmeyer ran just inside, pulling that corner with him, leaving Burke wide open on the edge. So it'll be first and 10 from the 11-yard line here on the opening drive for Wahoo Newman. Vedral, who's never been under center, will take the snap, and he'll hand it off to the fullback coming right up the middle and churning and pushing guys out of the way is going to be Rezac, and Rezac is going to be down right at the 5-yard line. So that's a gain of 6. That's a win for the offense on first down offensive line with a huge push there the last couple plays running out of their pass blocking where they take that step back that play they got the eagles defenders on their heels pushing forward that was as much the offensive line getting five yards as the running back they've already gained 62 yards on this drive they're trying to get the final five here they've got it second and four from the five now under center for the first time as federal and he'll keep it himself runs through one tackle breaks another puts his head down lunges through the goal line he's in for the touchdown that is all a D1 effort right there for Noah Vedral. They had him stop for a two-yard loss, ran through two different tackles, and he goes in for the touchdown. Jason Hallback, defensive tackle for O'Neal, had great penetration, got through, and actually wrapped up Vedral's legs, but he didn't stop moving, turned his head, and ends up diving into the end zone. Great effort to start the drive. If you see that kid up close, you'll see how strong those legs of Vedral are. They're going to go for two here. They often kick. In fact, that's what they do most of the time, but they're going to go for two here, and they're going to throw it off that right side. It's going to be caught in the end zone for the two-point conversion. Great strike there to Reed Jurgensmeyer. Jurgensmeyer just kind of a little button hook there, well-thrown, well-timed, and Bishop Newman going right down the field. They get the five-points-bank touchdown from Noah Vedral, and they lead this one eight to nothing. It's really hard to guard those guys way out on the edge, and they were probably within about seven, eight yards from the sideline, but just a nice little button hook, really easy two-point conversion. 
Well, a great throw, and Newman takes the opening drive. They're up 8 to nothing. They'll kick it off to O'Neill. We come back to Memorial Stadium right after this timeout. The University of Nebraska at Kearney is ready to make a difference for you. Here, you'll get a quality education and graduate on time with less debt. You'll also have an unforgettable college experience. Join a club, become a leader, make a real difference for yourself and others. Choosing the right college is a big decision. Trust your future with people who care about your success. Choose the University of Nebraska at Kearney because we are difference makers. Visit unk.edu and schedule a campus visit today. To some, winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. Others say it's not whether you win or lose, it's how you play the game. But everyone can agree that the uniforms and equipment you play in make a big difference in how you play and how you win. Plus the personal service of Steve Barinol, Tino Martinez, TM Sporting Goods, on the bricks, 2217 Central, downtown Kearney, TM Sporting Goods, a division of protein design. And welcome back to the Nebraska Land National Bank broadcast booth. Local people, local decisions, local ownership. Nebraska Land National Bank member FDIC. And Newman looked very good on their opening drive. Noah Federal, two for two for 46 yards passing uh, and also rushing the ball. He carried the ball four times, only for 12 yards. Rezek with a couple of carries for 10. But you put it all together. That was a very impressive drive. Finished off by the five-yard touchdown by Vedral. Then the nice throw by Vedral into the end zone for the two-point conversion. And it couldn't have started a whole lot better here for Bishop Newman. I think that entire first drive was just decision-making by Vedral, whether it was to keep it or give it on the option runs. And then his passes, everything was smart. He didn't force anything the whole drive. Trey Aarons will tee it up and back deep for uh, O'Neill is going to be Wyatt Lever. At least he's the guy in the middle of the field. If they decide to put it off on that left side, there is a chance that Kobe Todd will uh, return it here. But Lever is the primary guy, and he's returned more kicks than anybody here for O'Neill through the course of the year. They could use a little boost here offensively. They had about one defensive play where they had a little bit of momentum. They're going to kick it on that right side, and they're going to run. The, they're going to fake the uh, reverse. So it is going to be number 13 on the left side, and he breaks through one tackle. Kobe Todd, nice return, brings it out to the 40, out to the 45-yard line. Again, I think a a few of those Wahoo players, uh, Newman players, got out of position because they faked the reverse, but going right up the middle with it is going to be Kobe Todd. And usually back there, the one who's returned most of it is Wyatt Lever, and as soon as he came around that left side, that's where you saw a number of Bishop Newman uh, coverage team go to that side, but... Todd did a great job just running right up the middle. Good spark. So Tramer here will be at quarterback. He slaps the hands, and he'll hand the ball off to his running back coming right up the middle and not much room to run there at all for, I think that's uh, Dempster coming up the middle, and there wasn't anything there. A lot of this Bishop Newman defensive line also plays on the offensive line, so they just got done pushing their way downfield, and they didn't let the change of possession stop that. They didn't let anything uh, go by the Eagles' offense. That is one thing that's a little bit surprising with the talent that they have on this team, that they're really not that uh, that deep on the offensive and defensive line. Campbell in the uh, eye-back position here. They'll throw a, he'll be the lead blocker as they throw it out on her screen on the left side, putting his head down, trying to get extra yards here is going to be Jake Young. And Young will bring it across midfield. That'll be a nice little gainer. It's going to set up now third and manageable. They just had more players out on the edge, and getting that ball out there quickly was Tramer. And as soon as they got any 
blockers set up, just got to the edge, and now going to set up a lot more manageable third down. So it's going to be third and about three and a half here as they're across midfield. They need to get it down to the 44-yard line. It's about the 47 here. So Tramer out of that pistol. We'll have Campbell to his left. Fake the hand off to Campbell. Tramer looking to throw. Takes his time, throws it over the middle. It's going to be caught in traffic and then trying to juke his way through a couple other uh, defensive backs there is Justin Appleby. And Appleby, nice job with yards after contact. Had more than enough when he made the catch and then found a seam, and he'll bring it across the 30-yard line down to about the 27. I don't think that was Tramer's first option. He had a couple players come open there, but Appleby just sat down into the defense and then turned, caught it in stride, got the first down. And that was a well-thrown ball. In fact, the, the closest person to uh, Appleby was one of his teammates. You know, I don't think you want those receivers that close together. They put a man in motion, so they got an offset line here. Tramer under center is going to hand it off to Campbell. Campbell just right up the middle, and he'll bring it across the 25 down to about the 24-yard line. So that's a game of four, second and six. Just like we saw with Vedral for Bishop Newman. Tramer there also carrying out a fake. That might be something to watch there as the defensive ends for the Cavaliers immediately bit inside. You might see Tramer take a naked boot out to the left side because there was no one close. And again, you don't want uh, these guys to come at you with their just their ears pinned back knowing what you're going to do. And you see that with both of these squads. You have to do a little bit of deception. Under center is going to be Tramer. They got the eye formation. They faked the handoff. Tramer bootleg off on that right side, and Newman was ready for it. That's going to be a loss on the play. Diagnosing that play and then making the stop is going to be Rezac. Rezac didn't give up on the fake at all. We, we had just said he might run naked out to that side, but because they sent a couple blockers out of ahead of him, out ahead of him to the left, Rezac immediately started following those guys out there, was in perfect position for the tackle. Now, these two teams have not played each other. There's a few common opponents we can talk about later, but uh, anymore you really get a chance to see the game film, and that one was a little bit of film study there for Wahoo Newman. They knew exactly what, what uh, Tramer had in mind. They faked the handoff. Play action pass, pressure coming. Tramer steps through, throws, pass complete. Appleby close to the first down marker. Going to be a little bit short, but what great footwork there by the quarterback, Alex Tramer. Tramer just stepping up in the pocket, moving out to the side. Really, though, Andrew Clement for Bishop Newman should have had the sack, but Tramer just stepped up into the pocket, dodged a couple other guys as well, and threw a strike downfield for what looks like is a first down, but they're going to bring out the, the chains just to see how close this is. It's right at the sticks. The chain gang is bringing out the chains just like Carney Towing and Repair will do for you. If you're stranded on the side of the road, no matter where you are, they'll get you home, and that gives you an indication of just how close Appleby was. They stretch it out, and they are going to be inches short. I'm not even sure that's plural. That's how close that is. That might be an inch short. Whenever they squeeze the chain to move the ball to the other side of the field to respot it, you know it's close. So it's fourth and a couple of inches. And what do you do if you're O'Neal? You're not going to try a field goal here, are you? I mean, you got a kicker, but that's a 35-yard field goal, and those are worth three. Touchdowns are worth six. You're already down eight. It's eight-nothing. O'Neal trying to answer the opening drive here for Newman. They've got it now fourth. And inches under center is going to be Thramer. There's nobody over center, and Thramer's just going to go through the center right up the middle, and he'll take it all the way. They're going to spot him short of the 15-yard line. I thought he got the 15. He only needed to get about the, the 18, so they got more than enough on that quarterback sneak. 
Jason Halbeck, the right tackle, looked like a looked like a pulling lineman. He stepped around his guard and got behind the quarterback and started pushing from behind as well. And that that was more than enough to get the first down. You see that a lot, and I was a little surprised that, uh, and that isn't their normal lineup here with Newman, but I thought maybe they'd either put somebody in the gap or right over the center's noggin right there because uh, quarterback sneak was the obvious call, but they didn't have anybody over center. They were just trying to pinch in. So out of the pistol here is going to be Tramer. Man coming across in motion is going to be Appleby. They fake the handoff to Campbell. Throw over the middle. Going to be caught inside down to the one-yard line. A quick little strike right up the middle, catching it in traffic and then putting his head down is Wyatt Lever. This Bishop Newman uh, secondary continues to to play zone, which is leaving a lot of gaps for an athlete like Lever to, to run through. Appleby has also made a, a couple of grabs, but these Eagles receivers are just getting to run wild and just find their gaps at this point in the game. So that is enough for another first down. It'll be first and goal. Ball at the two-yard line. Tramer under center. Hand off to the fullback, and he's going to help push his fullback there, getting toward the goal line. Did he get in? I don't think he did. Just short of that goal line is going to be Bailey Thompson. Yeah, they do not put their hands in the air. And you saw on the backside of there, Noah Vedral, quarterback and safety for Bishop Newman, came into the pile. He was one of the final pushers at on that pile to push everything back, and he's being an athlete on both sides of the football right now. But they are inside the one-yard line, second and goal here for the Eagles. They trail it eight to nothing. Tramer under center. This time they do have somebody in the gap there. Hand off to the fullback. He puts his hands in the air. The officials have not just yet. They're unstacking the pile. I don't think that Thompson got in there, and the officials agree. They are marking it for third down. Other than picking up that chunk of yards on the quarterback sneak, O'Neal's run game has has been nowhere to be found so far. They've got all of their yards through the air, so look to see if they can just sneak one in right down here at the goal line. Tramer under center again. Quick count. This time it goes up the middle. I think he's in. Haven't seen the indication yet. O'Neal's running off the field, and it is a touchdown. They're making the change for the uh, extra point, and that was just a quick count right up the middle, and Tramer in for the score their only offense that they've got on the ground has been the quarterback sneak. So after a couple of times trying to hand it off, no doubter there to just let your quarterback fall forward for the touchdown. So Tramer in for the five points bank touchdown. All of our touchdowns brought to you by five points bank, the better bank in Kearney. They will kick the extra point in spite of the fact that they are down by two good snap, good hold. And the kick is up and it is good for Wyatt Lever. And that makes it now eight to seven. The Cavaliers score a touchdown on their first drive. O'Neill answers by marching right down the field and doing likewise. We've got a one point ball game here at Memorial Stadium in Lincoln with 319 to go in the uh, first quarter. It's eight to seven. Newman with the lead over O'Neill when we come back after this. Family Physical Therapy and Sports Center, getting you back in the game of life. With two locations in Kearney, the Ortho Clinic at the Kearney Clinic and the Rehab Clinic at the ENT Building. Family Physical Therapy and Sports Center, excellence in rehabilitation, a very proud supporter of the area athletes in and out of the game. Locations serving Kearney, Lexington, Minden, Ravenna, and Wood River, Family Physical Therapy and Sports Center. 
Whether you're talking sports or farming, one thing is the same. You need power. Think Husker Power products for propane, natural gas, and diesel irrigation engines customized to your needs. When you require irrigation power, parts, or timely service, think Husker Power products. Your provider of GM-powered natural gas and LP high-efficiency irrigation engines and fuel-efficient Isuzu diesel engines. Call 402-463-1531 for Husker Power products of Hastings, your full-service irrigation engine headquarters. Now, also located in Sutton. And welcome back here to Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. Certainly want to say thanks to all of our sponsors, but especially our presenting sponsors like Husker Power Products, your full-service irrigation engine headquarters in Hastings and in Sutton, and Mary Landing Healthcare, your care, our inspiration. And really, O'Neill inspired on that drive as they look just as good offensively as Newman did on their first possession. And, you know, they lost a little bit of that momentum with Newman going right down the field. So uh, hats off to them to find a way to answer back coming off the map. And it started for them on the kickoff where they got a good return. We'll see what Bishop Newman does for a return here. They get it to Bailey, and Ryan Bailey finds a seam. It breaks to the outside at the 40. One man left, and he's going to have his hands full out there with uh, Trevor Dempster. Dempster is able to kind of ride him down the sideline, and the whole flock of Eagles comes in to help out. But near midfield is where Newman will start with this one as it will be first and 10 at the 48. That's a good return by Bailey by Daly. It was a little shorter kick than last time where they returned it out to the 32. And just like where O'Neill got it out near midfield, Bishop Newman, great field position, very inspired coming off of their special teams. So statistically right now, things are pretty even as both teams have scored on their opening drives. 8-7, to seven, Newman with the lead. Near midfield, Vedral is going to keep it himself after the handoff. Has a seam right up the middle, puts his head down, has to cross the 40, and is going to be down at about the 38-yard line. That's a gain of 14. And the fullback, Trevin Rezac, who wasn't the fake man there on that, that option read play, but he made a great lead block, kicked out a linebacker, and that really sprung Vedral downfield. If he doesn't make that block, it's maybe a five-yard gain. So instead, and again, that'd be, that would be okay. You know, if you keep churning out those five-yard gains here, because their offensive line is looking very good right now for Newman. Vedral out of the pistol. Fakes the handoff, now looking to throw. He'll set up the screen on this left side, and it is set up here for Rezac. Rezac has a couple of lead blockers, and he'll go down the sideline, puts his head down. He's going to be down at about the 10-yard line. If they would have got past that one guy, they had all the other blue jerseys erased there, but a nice touchdown saving tackle there for the Eagles. A good tackle there to save a touchdown, but we have to point out, Caden Johnson left tackle for Bishop Newman was still blocking all the way down to the five-yard line. That's 30 yards downfield. Great effort to see one of your linemen get ahead of that screen and continue to block downfield. Well, you you go as one of those linemen, and you're going to block the first dirty jersey you see. Well, it took him 30 yards to find somebody from O'Neill to block. Vedral, out of that uh, full house backfield, is going to fake the handoff, keeps it himself, has it at the 10. He's running a lot of east and west. Now he's heading back upfield, and he'll take it inside the five-yard line down to about the four. That'll be a successful drive here on first and goal from the nine to put it at about the four-yard line. Vedral's athleticism continues to be to be impressive. He should have been caught in the backfield, but ran a lot of, as you said, east to west, got to the outside, and then should have only had a two- to three-yard gain again, made a couple guys miss, got inside the five-yard line. Vedral's decision-making and athleticism has been the difference for them on the offensive side of the ball. And he was patient. Instead of just putting his head down and hoping to get two, maybe three yards, he, he did a nice job getting in about five. So Vedral this time will be under center. The I formation is behind him. 
And they'll hand it off to the uh, tailback, spinning through there, trying to get to the goal line is Lilly. He's going to be short, but he's still going to pick up a yard there. It's going to be third and goal from about the two and a half. The Newman offensive line continues to get a good push up front. Lilly really just had to get to the line of scrimmage and fall forward, but there was a good, good wall set up by the Eagles to keep him out of the end zone. Third and short, look to see Bishop Newman again run it right up the middle. They're getting a great line push. Rezek the fullback. Lilly will be the eye back. Quarterback is Vedral. He's going to be under center as they're in the eye formation behind him. Offset uh, line here. They're going to run to the strong side with the, t- with the tight ends, and there's nothing there. That hole closed very, very quickly. And that's a good job by the defensive line coming up on the bottom of the stack there for the Eagles is going to be Chance Shoals. Another one of those where it was a great push by the defensive line, and we haven't seen too much of that from O'Neill throughout this game as they've been getting pushed around by Bishop Newman so far through this first quarter, but a good job there stopping them for a loss, bringing up a fourth down and goal. We're in the final moments of the first quarter here. Second drive of the game for Newman. They've got it now third and goal. It's going to be fourth and goal, and Vedral rolling out to his left. He's looking, he's looking. He throws it, he finds a man, touchdown. He bought a little time with his feet until he was able to find Pete Burke in the back end of the end zone. Bryce Heiser came right up the middle and had Federal stopped in the backfield, but he made a miss, managed to, to scrape off the tackle and stayed patient when he got to the outside. He could have made a run, tried to put his head down and get the final few yards, but he stayed patient, let his receiver come all the way across the field wide open in the back of the end zone. Now, they do this Ohio. You see this from Oregon a lot where they kind of line up, and if you don't line up properly, then they'll kick the uh, – Extra point, and they're going to go for two as they pitch it out here to Rizek. Rizek thought he had numbers, spins, and he gets into the goal line. Another two-point conversion here for Newman, and they now lead it 16-7 to as they saw something over there and got in by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin for the two-point conversion. Good effort there by, by Rizek on the edge, but they just had numbers. They had too many guys blocking out in front of them for O'Neal to really do anything. They made a good effort to wrap him up by by the legs, but he's got some of those big, strong legs, a lot like Vedral, where he just isn't going to go down easy. So Vedral connects with Burke for the touchdown and another two-point conversion. A five-points bank touchdown for Newman that puts them up now 16-7 to late in quarter number one. We'll be back with the kickoff here from Memorial Stadium in the C1 State Championship game right after this timeout. Have you ever seen a dented tortoise? The same way a thick tortoise shell protects its occupant, the bullet spray and bed liners from the dent poppers protect your pickup truck's bed. No rust, corrosion, dents, or scratches ever. Guaranteed for as long as you own your truck, and it says so in writing. Bullet spray on liners is the one that goes on hot, stays strong. That means your truck holds its value longer. Surprised that the dent popper now applies bullet spray on? Don't be. The dent popper's been on the leading edge of vehicle preservation for years. See the dent popper north of Railroad on first. On the bricks, downtown. Carney for a free estimate. And welcome back here to the Nebraska Land National Bank broadcast booth at Memorial Stadium as Newman with two touchdown drives, two two-point conversions. They do both those two-point conversions a little bit differently. One was basically the fake kick, and the first one was uh, just a legitimate, and they'll kick it off here, and it's going to be picked up on that uh, up by one of the upbacks toward the middle here. It's Heiser. Heiser coming right up the middle, spins through there, and will bring it out to about the 42-yard line. Looked like they had him Pinned in at about the 30 and found a little seam and brings it across the 40. 
the fake reverse last time with Todd got a few more yards than that, so it looked like they were trying to just kick away from him. Heiser did a good job securing the kickoff and just running forward for another 10 yards before any Bishop Newman uh, coverage team had even got downfield. Both teams have had pretty good uh, kickoff returns here and have good field position to get things started here. Tramer out of the pistol, maybe the final play of the first quarter as they'll hand it off to the uh, first back coming through, and there's really nowhere at all for Bailey Thompson to run, and I don't know if he's going to get back to the line of scrimmage. If yeah, He's going to lose about one yard, and that is going to be the final play of quarter number one. Been a very well-played, very entertaining first quarter, and the Cavaliers of Bishop Newman have a 16-7 to lead over O'Neill when we start the second quarter of the Class C-1 State Championship game here from Lincoln right after this timeout. I had some things bothering me, some pain, and doctors suspected that it was cancer. All of a sudden, I get a call, and I found out the cancer is moving to your lungs very rapidly. You need to go see Dr. Pornshaw immediately. I had knew about the Morrison Cancer Center, yes. I had heard some good things about it. I didn't even think about going anywhere else. Chemo is very tough. They cared about every step of the process. They made you feel at home as, as well as they can in a cancer center. I had nine weeks of treatment. And then, you know, we did a couple more tests down the road with them. I mean, they said things started to turn around a little. It was, uh, I don't know, it's hard to describe. It was like a weight being lifted. Changes your life every minute for the rest of it. I'm Ronald Faber, and I was treated here in Mary Lanning. Mary Lanning Healthcare. Your care, our inspiration. And welcome back here to the Nebraska-Land National Bank broadcast booth. And put a star around that play with 19 seconds left in the first quarter. The fourth down, fourth and goal play where Pete Burke caught the pass from Noah Vedrill after Vedrill had to scramble a little bit. That could be a huge play in this game because uh, um, not only do you get the touchdown and eight points off of that series, but a lot of momentum as well. So O'Neill trying to answer back here. Thramer's going to throw it out on the right side to Appleby. Appleby makes one man miss, and he's going to be forced out of bounds after a gain of about five. So you go from second and 11 to third and about six. Tramer's going to have to continue to get that ball quick out into the flats because through the entire first quarter, they had no run game up the middle except for those two quarterback sneaks, which brought a first down and a touchdown. Look to see them continue to get the ball out in the flats. Try to separate some of that Cavaliers defense, take them away from the middle. So Tramer will step in under center. They'll go with the I formation. They have not had a lot of success running the ball, so I'm sure this will be a play-action pass. Appleby's going to come across in motion. And they fake the pitch. Tramer looking to throw. A little pump fake, rolling out, pressure coming. He'll step in down the sideline. Wow, what a dart he throws to that right side. It's going to be caught down the sideline by Bailey Thompson, and Thompson has the first down. A lot of good patience back there. For Tramer, as he had to make one guy miss, but then the receiver's just coming open. A lot of credit to the receivers on both teams so far through this game. They've worked back to their quarterbacks. They found open spaces in the seams, and they've made a lot of good catches securing the ball so far. And again, you've seen what everybody's talked about with Tramer as quarterback. He's got a running back off of either shoulder and one behind him. As they bunch them all up, they run that cross buck, and right up the middle trying to find a little room to run there is going to be Jake Young, and there's just no seams to run through there at all. I think Young got back the line of scrimmage and no more. Even with extra lead blockers in the backfield, still ha- having a tough time 
trying to get that line of scrimmage moved at all from the point of contact. Bishop Newman's defensive line doing a great job plugging up the holes and not giving any ground. That's exactly what they did. First of all, there was no hole for the running back to run through there, and then they weren't getting that line surge. As the big defensive line just dug in there for O'Neal, for uh, Wahoo. So Tramer is going to drop back to pass off the play action, steps up in traffic, throws. It's kind of a wobbly pass, but going to be caught. A diving catch at the 14-yard line. Well-thrown ball as he just kind of dropped it in the bucket there, and Wyatt Lever makes the catch. There was plenty of defenders downfield, but he dropped this one, kind of a duck going through the air, but a great, great sliding catch there. Another big play downfield, and O'Neal continues to move the ball through the air without this, with a, a lack of run game so far. Lieber averages about 17 yards per catch, and uh, he gained 30 on that one. So he's got the reputation of being a uh, big play receiver. Tramer looks to throw, steps up, quick timing pass, and it's going to be incomplete. He was trying to connect with Lever again. Lever was well covered, but that ball was thrown, yeah, in traffic, but in a safe area within that traffic. A safe area. Another smart decision to, to get that ball out quick to where only his guy had a chance at it, but right now Bishop Newman sitting back a little bit more trying to cover these receivers since they know their line is doing a great job so far up front. And again, it, it bears noting that Tramer has not thrown an interception the entire season. You can throw over the middle, you just can't throw late over the middle. And that was a good timing pass there by Tramer. That was nicely uh, done, even though it was incomplete. I formation, they fake the handoff. It's going to be a counter here, a, a reverse, and boy, getting stood up and then drilled back is going to be Corbin Dean. They did not fool anybody there. Is that when they stopped by the defensive end and then the linebacker came a-coming? Yeah, Theo Bloom coming off the edge there wasn't fooled at all with the, the reverse as everything came back around to him, did a good job of contain, and really not just containing but sticking a hit as well. Didn't wait for a whole lot of help, made sure he got him to the ground on his own. Third and 12 from the 16-yard line. And I just noticed something that surprises me a little bit. They're actually using the 25-second clock. Here in uh, Memorial Stadium. They usually don't do that. Rolling out his Tramer. They're going to stop it. There was motion on that right side. And I think the defense came across. But we'll see who the infraction is. Both guys moved before the snap. But if the offensive guy moved because of the defense, then they will be taking five steps closer to the goal line. They're going to say that it was caused by O'Neal. So that will back them up even more. Watching the replay, it looked really close on on who moved first, but O'Neal definitely took a step forward, tried to initiate the contact there as well, moving back five yards. A, a more difficult third down to get here as you're already, you all, you were in the red zone before that penalty. You got a kicker that can hit some field goals. We're getting close to the edge of his range, so they probably want to get at least 10 yards here to maybe get points out of this dive. Tramer, pump fake, throws, hit as he throws it, and nearly intercepted. He was trying to connect with Appleby, and Vedral, realizing that he wasn't able to put anything on it, Jump the route and nearly comes up with the interception. It falls incomplete. Theo Bloom coming through. Great hit on Tramer to make sure he got him just as he was getting rid of the ball. Almost the first interception of the year caused because of that hit getting into the backfield. And again, that ball did not have any of the, the, the speed and velocity on it you usually get from a Tramer pass. Now, he did have that one that looked like a duck that he dropped in a bucket. So he can take something off of it if he needs to. But that one did not look like his normal throws here. So it's going to be 4th and 18 at the 22. Obviously, they can get the first down, but they got a little work to do here on 4th down. They're going to run the reverse. They're going to look to throw the ball. 
And a late pass over the middle, and it's a jump ball. Caught in the end zone. Touchdown. Jake Young getting downfield. And there was plenty of def- – there were defenders there, too. He actually ran and bumped into the corner. And as the quarterback originally came out, Tramer ran wide open down the middle, but it just didn't time out correctly. But Jake Young getting open. That was ball just thrown up for grabs. He did a good job of taking that ball away from the defender. I'm not sure he really even knew where he was after he got the ball. He fell into the end zone. And that's six points that, quite frankly, should not have been six points. So Appleby throws it up. And on fourth down, I don't think if it was first down or second down, he doesn't even throw that ball. The kick is up and it is good. So Justin Appleby connects with Jake Young on a uh, wingback reverse pass that was a jump ball in the end zone that somehow Young is able to reel in. They kick the extra points, so both teams have scored on their first two drives of the ball game. And here in the second quarter, an impressive five-points bank touchdown from Appleby to Young. A kick is good. It's still Wahoo with the lead, though. They lead it 16-14 to 14 with uh, right at nine minutes to go here in a very entertaining first half. We'll be back to Memorial Stadium right after this timeout. Genetics first, trade second. At Aurora Cooperative, our customers can source genetics from the four major germplasms available in the U.S., allowing you to choose the best genetics possible for each and every acre, as each field has its own story to tell. The story for your field begins with the right genetics and the right crop management recommendations, which includes fitting the right traits to the right acre. To create the highest yielding story for your acres and take advantage of our early pay, volume, and in-house financing options, speak with an Aurora Cooperative agronomist. Aurora Cooperative, putting your equity to work and welcome back here to memorial stadium in lincoln o'neill a little unfortunate there but again it's fourth down you've got a fourth and a long way to go from your 22 yard line there's no reason not to just throw that one up and it looked like noah vedro might be trying to fair catch that one and uh the, the receiver uh, jake young stole it from him as we saw he on some of the replays didn't go up try to meet the ball at the high point even if he did let's say he did pick it off He's still inside the five-yard line. That's a win for O'Neal. And now it's just win and playing with house money by getting it into the end zone. So Vedral is back deep to uh, receive the kick. He's back there with uh, Daly, who has uh, had some success. And it's going to be picked up by Vedral at about the seven-yard line. Vedral puts it in that right arm, bounces outside the 20, down the sideline. Going to be tripped up after he gets across the 30. And they're going to mark him down. Boy, he gets a generous spot there if they're going to mark it out to the 35. And I think that's about where they're going to mark it at. So it'll be first and 10 here for Newman. The worst starting field position so far in this game has been the 32. Both both return teams have done a good job putting their offenses in positions to succeed. And so far through a possession or two possessions for each team, they've come out on top with touchdowns each time. So Vedral out of the uh, pistol formation here. He's got a running back off of either shoulder, and he'll hand the ball off on that left side to Rizek, and Rizek going to be stood up. He gets back the line of scrimmage, and that's going to be it. Nice job closing in from his linebacker position there by Bryce Heiser. That's something we haven't seen so far through this game is the O'Neill defensive line maybe feeling a lot of momentum coming off of that touchdown where it was just thrown up for grabs, pinned their ears back there, and dropped them for a short loss. So it's going to be second and 10 in the half here. Noah Vettel will have a running back off of either shoulder. 
Lillian Rizek back there. They're going to split things out here as Vedro's looking to throw, and he'll get it out on that left side. And yeah, putting his head down and getting close to the first down marker and still pushing the pile forward is going to be Rizak. And Rizak, I think, has got a first down. He should have been about four yards short. There was three guys there for O'Neill, and he still was able to win that battle. He did a good job of making one guy miss, and as we see on the replay, carrying some players downfield as well. But there was also twins out to the left to start that play, ran a crossing pattern, and made those defenders step back off the line, cleared some space to give him some room to get ahead of steam into the defenders and carry them for a first down. So they're at the 46-yard line. Just short of midfield is Noah Vedral running back off of either shoulder. And they'll uh, fake the handoff to Lilly, throw it out to Rizek. Rizek makes a catch in space. He's at the 40, spins, and gets tripped up at about the 36-yard line. That's more than enough for the first down, a gain of about 16. A couple of really well-drawn-out plays getting the running backs out into the flats, first out to the left and then out to the right, and none of the linebackers for O'Neal are following with them or any of the defensive backs. They have to know whose guy that is because so far they've done a good job of trying to stop them where the run is at the point of contact, but they're not following their guys out into the flats. Well, to use kind of a tennis analogy, both teams have held serve in terms of scoring touchdowns, but the tiebreakers so far are going to uh, O'Neal because they've got a couple of two-point conversions. Here, Vedral will fake the handoff, come bouncing that out to the outside, does a little stiff arm, outruns one defender, brings it across the sticks, and he's going to be knocked out of bounds at the 21-yard line. Another solid gain here for Noah Vedral, who's very patient. You know, outrunning one guy, got the stiff arm, and then kind of eases his way through there to get the first down. Very, very patient when he got to the end. He could have just turned it upfield as soon as he got outside the hash marks, but he continued to get to the edge, and Zach Maduna was out there, made a good block, and... Vedral doing a good job of reading that block running just inside another first down. Lilly will be to the right of Vedral and uh, Rizek behind him. And Vedral's going to keep it after faking the handoff, and he'll be stood up right about the 15-yard line, but that's still a six-yard gain, and you can give most of those yards to that offensive line. Six yards on a play is nothing to to bat your eyes at, but compared to the last three plays, they've all gone for first downs right now. This O'Neill defense is just giving up yards, and that offensive line for Bishop Newman just giving a great push with a lot of room to move behind them. And again, O'Neill trying to really kind of prove themselves as much as anything. Yes, they're undefeated, but uh, the teams they've played through the course of the regular season, not as impressive as the litany that Newman's gone against. Vedral is going to roll out, throw it in underneath, tipped and nearly intercepted by O'Neill. Let me finish the thought here. Their win was at Ord, uh, 14 to nothing. That was probably one of their signature wins. They also beat uh, Columbus Lakeview, who was also 6-3 and three on the year. And the the one that probably got a lot of people's attention was at Norfolk Catholic, where they beat them 26-21, to 21, and Norfolk Catholic finished at 6-3. and three. But uh, for uh, Bishop Newman, uh, they got wins against SCOTUS, Norfolk Catholic as well, 7-1 and one Aquinas, 7-2 and two Boys Town, and uh, then that lost to 8-1 Wahoo. So they've had a tough schedule throughout the course of the year. Vedral. Well, give the handoff. No, he fakes that. Yeah, he gives it off to Rizek. Rizek finds a seam, and he's going to go in for the touchdown. Great ball fake there, and Rizek will take that little zone read, bounce it to the outside for an 11-yard touchdown. For both teams, we haven't seen something open up quite that much, but Rizek got to the edge, and as soon as he bounced out a little bit, there was just no one left before he got to the end zone. Plenty and plenty of room out on the edge, and 
they'll line it up to to see if they can get another two points here as they continue to extend via the two-point conversion. Again, if they don't get what they like, they will end up kicking out of this formation, and they're going to go for the two. They've had some success. They pitch it out here to Vedral. Vedral's looking to throw. Vedral being being, uh, pulled down, throws it in the end zone, and it is going to be intercepted, so the try for two is going to be no good as stepping in there was Justin Appleby to pull down the interception. So now an eight-point ball game. They didn't get the extra point this time, but they did convert on two two two-point conversions earlier. And again, a a great run here for uh, Bishop Newman as Rizek goes up the middle for 14 yards and a five-points-bank touchdown. Your score, it's Bishop Newman 22, O'Neill 14, with 6.14 to go here in the second quarter. We'll be back with a kickoff from Memorial Stadium right after this. Family Physical Therapy and Sports Center, getting you back in the game of life. With two locations in Kearney, the Ortho Clinic at the Kearney Clinic and the Rehab Clinic at the ENT Building. Family Physical Therapy and Sports Center, excellence in rehabilitation, a very proud supporter of the area athletes in and out of the game. Locations serving Kearney, Lexington, Minden, Ravenna, and Wood River, Family Physical Therapy and Sports Center. Parents, your job is hard. Helping your student find a college won't be your last parental duty. At Hastings College, we promise to say everything you would because we mentor students as if they're our own. Find us at Hastings.edu. PlatteRiverPreps.com is your source for high school sports results and updates seven days a week, covering over 70 teams across central Nebraska. Whether you're a high school athlete, a proud parent, or a sports fan, you'll stay on top of your teams at PlatteRiverPreps.com. Welcome back to the Nebraska Land National Bank broadcast booth as uh, Newman getting set to tee things up here, kick it off. It's Trey Aarons who will tee things up here, and we'll see what the – the Eagles are able to do here because they've had some pretty good success. So they have a kind of a short squibbing kick that's going to go out of bounds at about the 19-yard line, and that'll be a penalty here. So it'll be first and 10 from the 35 for O'Neill. Since their first kickoff that went to Kobe Todd, they, they've kicked everything away from him to the left. It worked last time where it went to the up back. This one will go out of bounds. And again, they're going to get great starting field position going out to the 35-yard line. Presenting sponsor of High School Football Playoffs by Family Physical Therapy and Sports Center, getting you back in the game of life with a location to better serve every athlete, every parent, and every grandparent. It will be first and 10 from the 35 here for O'Neill. And again, we've talked about both of these teams have had good field position thanks to their return game and now with uh, Wahoo kicking with Newman kicking the ball out of bounds. Probably offending the people listening from Newman when I say Wahoo. Hand off right up the middle. That's Campbell. Campbell's going to put his head down, and he's going to be stopped at about the 38-yard line. Got through off the tackle on that right side, but those linebackers filled that hole very nicely. That was a positive sign for O'Neill's line to get a little bit of a push there, two to three yards on the gain, which is more than they've been getting up the middle so far. They'll need to continue to to work that edge over there, build this run game to try to complement that passing game that's worked so well through this first half. Caden Johnson, 241-pound sophomore, has to come out of the game because his helmet came off. That gives you an indication of just how much hard hitting is going on between these two squads out there. Out of the pistol, Tramer calls it out. And he'll just do a quarterback draw. I don't think it was necessarily by design. He's actually going to be sacked. I think he wanted to throw the ball, but he caught out of there pretty quickly because he realized that that pocket was collapsing in from every direction, up the middle and on both ends. And he tried to get through that hole before it closed, and he couldn't. So he ends up losing about four. 
a number of Cavaliers were closing that pocket around, but Evan Welsh, D-tackle coming right up the middle, decided to track him down first, drop him for a short gain or for a short loss, third and 10. Another one of those positions for the Eagles where it's a long third down, but their passing game has been coming up with these conversions. So now it's third and long, and everybody in the building knows it's probably a passing down here as they actually will empty the backfield for Tramer. He's going to roll out to the left. He steps up in the pocket. Packet, the pocket is collapsing. He's rolling around again. He throws it late on the left side, and it's going to be caught down the sideline here for O'Neal uh, by, uh, by Newman, but on the sideline. It was thrown to one of the guys selling popcorn over there. Although we saw him go for fourth down on their last drive, think this might be a little bit more out of the realm of possibility. We'll have our first punt of the game and our first defensive win so far there goes to Bishop Newman. And Newman already has that lead at 22-14. to 14. They've scored on their first three drives and will get pretty good field position here. Punt return guy standing at about the uh, 30-yard line. And a good high end-over-end kick. It's going to be picked up at the 35-yard line. Trying to find a wall over there is Zach Maduna. And Maduna gets what he can. There's just really not a whole lot set up over there as he's knocked out of bounds at about the 43-yard line. But again, Newman with good field position. Good field position. Just got a win from their defense by finally stopping the scoring of both offenses going back and forth. Newman going to try to extend their lead. Go for two probably again but we'll see if O'Neal's defense can answer, if they can get themselves a win on the defensive side of the ball. Again, because they've got the two-point conversions, you've always kind of been behind here. You get two scores behind for an offense that seems like it's not been shut down all night. You might be in a little bit of trouble. Out of the pistol formation, this is a, a passing formation. Vedral, Noah will tuck it up. He's going to go, and he'll cut back to the inside, break one tackle, and bring it across midfield. He'll be down at about the 47-yard line. That's a gain of 10. It's going to be close to first down territory here for Newman. Whether it was by design or a broken play, there were a couple of eagles in the backfield before Vedral decided to to take off downfield, almost a first down out of it, breaking tackles along the way. Eagles defenders right now are having a really hard time of wrapping up this quarterback. I think he throws the ball well enough that it opens up the, his real strong suit, which is his ability to run. He did not get a friendly spot there. He's marked a full yard short of the first down. So Vettel this time will step in under center. And he'll put the ball in the hands of Rezac, and Rezac's going to spin through, and he leans the ball forward to near the 45-yard line. One of those plays where he was never on the ground, he was just on the top of a couple of bodies, and so he was able to get the full extension of that ball just short of the 45-yard line, more than enough for the first down. So far, on to get a, a short, yard, short yardage situation for Bishop Newman was going to to be easy, just run it off either one of the tackles because right now O'Neal is just lining up three down linemen and two linebackers leaving a lot of open space for that line to get a good push at, uh, as soon as the ball is snapped. Randy Bushcutter and Caleb Henry here with you from Memorial Stadium. Lead here in the hands of Newman and the ball now in the hands of the I-back Lilly. Lilly follows that lead block by Rezac. He spins through and he's going to be down at the 38-yard line and it'll be second and about three here after a good seven-yard gain by Newman. And again, that offensive line is beginning to exert themselves a little bit. Kind of saw this in the semifinal against Carney Catholic. Stars hung with them and hung with them and hung with them. Uh, but again, Newman just doesn't make mistakes. And eventually that big, strong offensive and defensive line is just going to start wearing you down. Really disciplined running through the same spots over and over and over again. And right now, 
getting a lot of yards, and Lilly made a good move at the line of scrimmage that last possession as well. Rizek will be to the left of Vedral. They snap the ball through Vedral's hands, and he's going to dive back to the letter N out there and fall on it at about the 48-yard line here at Tom Osborne Field. That'll be a loss and sets up now third and 12. That'll be the first mistake we've seen from Bishop Newman, and whether or not that was a, a missed snap count or it just goes through Vedral's hands, smart play to just dive on it. Don't give up. The, the turnover, give yourself a chance to convert on this third and long. Both teams have their full complement of timeouts left with 2.26 to go here in the second quarter. It's now third and about 12 for the Cavaliers near midfield. Vedral's going to roll out to his right. He's looking downfield. He'll lob it out there in coverage, and it's going to be a diving attempt, but just short, trying to cut back and come back into the ball is Jackson Simmons, but it falls incomplete. Vedral had Simmons wide open, turned him around a little bit with where he laid the ball up there. Simmons tried to come back to it. Might be a little slick down on the field. It's it's rained most of the day. Not raining right now, but he had him wide open downfield. That's something that the O'Neill coaching staff is going to have to look at with their prevent defense, try to not give up that big play downfield when they know it's an obvious passing situation. And both these two, well, I guess I don't know O'Neal for sure, but they play most of their games on grass, and playing on artificial surface, if this is their first game of the year, can be a new experience. So punting situation, and it's going to be a relatively short punt, and it's going to go out of bounds at about the 31 or 32-yard line. That is uh, not a great pump there, uh, punt there by Theo Bloom. Starting, starting their possession at the... Looking like they've got it spotted at the 27. Now, this will actually be the, the worst starting posi- possession for either team so far throughout this game. No one has started with inside their own 30. The punt went just a little bit off the side of his foot. Not, not great getting it downfield, flipping the field, but still good starting position for O'Neal. And again, in high school football, first downs will stop the clock, and they've got three timeouts left. This is a throwing offense for O'Neal, so they've got plenty of time here. Tramer, pressure coming, throws it up the middle, and it's going to be incomplete. So it'll be second and 10 here, and as we mentioned, plenty of time. There's still 2.02 to go, but first things first, you've got to start moving the ball. Bishop Newman definitely not sitting back trying to, to prevent the score before the half. They sent five guys that time and brought pressure as well. They did a good job covering everyone downfield, but they had pressure from their entire defensive line to force that quick pass, not give any time for Tramer to really wait to get somebody open. Tramer now 7 of 11 for 93 yards throwing the football, and again, that's where most of their attack has come from because they've only got three yards rushing here in the game so far. Tramer takes the snap. Has time, throws it underneath, going to be caught by Appleby. Appleby in the middle, bounces around to about the 40, down to, uh, takes it out to about the 41, and he's going to be knocked out of bounds by Noah Vedral. No, they're going to say that he's inbounds, but they will stop the clock to move the chains as he's out to the 41. He did a good job bouncing around there, making sure he continued to move upfield. Wyatt Lever also out on the edge, throwing a good block, springing him for another five yards. Tramer, one back in the backfield behind him, calling for the ball out of the pistol. He steps up, he throws right side, and being forced out of bounds close to that first down marker is going to be Jake Young. So again, a successful play here as they stop the clock, and I think they're going to say that is enough for the first down. Yeah, the sticks are moving. No problem moving the ball through the air. If O'Neal can get their run game going at all through the rest of this half or in the second half, that's going to complement this passing offense that they've had working so well. Tramer slaps the hands together, looking for the ball out of the pistol. And finally gets it. 
Pressure coming from the right side. He'll bounce out to the left side. He's going to tuck and run, and he'll go out of bounds at about the 40-yard line, and that's going to make it now second and about two. And again, good clock management. Haven't burned up any of these timeouts left, and they're already at the 40-yard line, second and one, with still a minute 36 to go. Tramer with a great decision there. They've had a lot of plays where they've been giving himself some time to move around and throw the ball downfield there, saw nothing on the left side, just ran it. Tramer goes right up the middle, is going to have more than enough for the first down. In fact, nobody moved except for the quarterback after they snapped the ball, and he goes forward for a gain of about three. They stop the clock, move the chains, first and ten from the 36. The quarterback sneak so far is the the deadliest run play O'Neal has, going to continue to to throw this ball out with a minute 30 left in the half. Two wideouts to the right, two to the left for Tramer. Tramer steps in that pocket, steps through, and he's going to get sacked. Closing the uh, pocket there and making the tackle there is going to be Evan Welsh. Welsh didn't waste any time getting up the middle. Really came, shed his block as soon as he got into the line of scrimmage, and Tramer tried to make the decision to get through and find anyone downfield, but the pocket had collapsed too quickly. And O'Neill is going to call a timeout here with uh, a minute and 21 seconds to go. This timeout brought to you by Nebraska Land National Bank. Take time out to find out what Nebraska Land National Bank can do for you. Local people, local decisions, local ownership, Nebraska Land National Bank. Member FDIC. It'll be second and 15 when we come back to Memorial Stadium right after this timeout. Rivals Bar and Grill is a proud sponsor of all area athletes, teams, and coaches. Get to Rivals every day for lunch specials starting at $6.99. Rivals is also serving up the barbecue trio every Friday night, and Saturday night is the brisket special. Join Rivals during every Husker and Hastings College game for a pizza and drink special only $21.99. Only at Rivals. Open daily at 11. Rivals Bar and Grill in Hastings. Join the Rivals team. Osborne Drive East in Hastings. Best of luck, teams. And welcome back here. Our score at the moment, 22-14, to 14, eight point lead for Wahoo Newman. Yeah, but right now, O'Neill doing a pretty good job trying to answer back here. They've got a little bit of work to do here now, second and we'll call it about 15. They still have a couple of timeouts left with a minute 21 to go. Tramer has a man come across the motion, Appleby, so he's got three receivers out to his right. He's rolling that direction. He's uh, still scrambling. He's going to step up. He's going to throw as he's hit down the sideline. He's got a man. It's caught in the end zone. Touchdown. Hitting him in stride. Jake Young goes into the end zone for the score. Jake Young has been the safety valve on the last two touchdowns for O'Neal. The last, last possession that they scored on, they threw it up. Up and he just went and he took it away from the defender on that one. He just leaked out across the middle, wide open. Great job by Tramer, shedding a shedding a tackle in the backfield and just throwing that one up. The Bishop Newman defenders didn't even know he was down there. If you watch the replay, he, they're turning around, not really sure where the ball is going, but Jake Young standing down there all by himself. So Tramer doing a good job with his feet, extending that play, extending that play. He was down the sideline, threw it down the sideline, and was able to find the receiver all by himself, Jake Young, 41 yards with the catch and the touchdown. And now trying to add the extra point here is going to be Lever. Snap is down. Kick is up. It looks like it's right down the middle, and it is. We've got a one-point ball game again. 22-21 with a minute 12 to go here. In the second quarter, O'Neill has cut the Wahoo Newman lead down to one. But they'll have to kick off to the Cavaliers, who three still have three timeouts left. We come back after this uh, timeout. Brought to you by Nebraska Land National Bank. 
At Aceracare Hospice, we care for your family like you are a part of ours. Through compassionate hospice services, we help to alleviate fears and concerns so that you and your loved ones can focus on the joy of everyday moments. We celebrate the memories and special occasions of a life well-lived and provide support and assistance so you feel comforted throughout the hospice journey. For more information about our services, visit us online at aceracare.com. Aceracare Hospice, caring for moments that matter. And welcome back here to Memorial Stadium. What a great play. Some big plays for five points bank touchdowns here for O'Neill. Uh, all of our touchdowns throughout the course of the year, of course, brought to you by Five Points Bank, the better bank in Kearney. And again, just a great rollout there by Tramer and able to find a wide open receiver, Jake Young, who all he had to do was make sure don't drop it, don't drop it, don't drop it, don't drop it, and was able to make the catch and go into the end zone easily. Jake Young having a big game with a couple of receiving touchdowns, just being that guy who finds a way to be open downfield, make that catch, help his quarterback out, help a halfback out on the uh, the a couple possessions ago when they scored on fourth down. But we'll see with the minute 12 how quickly this Bishop Newman offense can move downfield. Young's got four balls for 79 yards and a couple of touchdowns, and they'll kick the ball, bounces, hits the turf. Jackson Simmons goes right up the middle, right up the numbers here, and he's going to be knocked out of bounds. At Well, not out of bounds, but knocked down to the turf at about the 27-yard line. Newman has moved the ball well through the air, but they've been mostly running the ball, opening up those passing, those passing routes. Minute left here. Wonder if Bishop Newman is going to try to put some more points up on the board as they did get the ball to start the game. So O'Neill's going to get it in the second half. Well, their first drive of the game, they did most of the damage in the air. So Vedral will uh, move one of the running backs out of that backfield. He'll roll out to his left. Vedral on first down. will throw it in underneath. It's going to be caught and bouncing to the outside. There's Simmons. Simmons then will be able to go outside, gain another seven yards, and probably more importantly, step out of bounds at the 45-yard line and stop the clock. Simmons just sat down into a, a part of the zone where there weren't any Eagles defenders, and it looked like the defensive back tried to come and just leave a hit with his shoulder pad. Simmons decided to not take any of that, just spun out, ran downfield for a first down. He would have actually been stopped in bounds just short of the first down had they tackled him at the first point of contact. Newman now 196 yards of total offense, O'Neill 191. That's how close the score is on the game, 22-21. to 21. Federal looking to throw. He steps up, has time. We'll throw it down the sideline. Juergens Meyer bobbled it just a little bit. It is incomplete. And again, that was a well-thrown ball by Noah Vedral as he was able to deliver that one right between the two and the five of Reed Jurgensmeyer. Jurgensmeyer was wide open on the sideline, but the way his route was going, he was leading himself just a little bit out of bounds. And as the ball got there, he fell just before controlling the ball and falling out of bounds. He is a good receiver. He does not miss very many of those. In fact, he did make the catch. If he'd been in the middle of the field, he'd been okay. But good job by the officiating crew to see that that one was incomplete. So it'll be second and 10 from the 45. Need to get to the 45 as Vedral will throw it off on this left side. And uh, short of the first down marker being forced out of bounds, there is going to be Theo Bloom. That was a good job by Vedral. Even though he saw a little bit of open space in the middle, he knows where he needs to put the ball, put it on the outside shoulder, led his receiver towards the out-of-bounds line, made sure they got out of bounds, stopped that clock, 44 seconds to go with a third and short. 
Even though Wahoo's closer to Memorial Stadium than O'Neill, they are the visiting team. That's why they're wearing the white jerseys, and they will have it here second and about two. Vedral with the snap. Pump fakes. He's going to roll out to his left. Now he throws again, and that one he just threw away. It's going to be incomplete. Now you got decision time, Coach Terman. Are you going to punt the ball and play it safe, or are you going to gamble here fourth and 22 from near midfield? They do have timeout, so if they decide to to run the ball, get the first down, could burn a timeout right away. But O'Neal's offense has shown that they can score in a hurry with some big pass plays. Looks like they might be going for it here. Well, they've been a little gutsy here, as witnessed by the fact they've gone for two off of every possession. Stepping in under center here is going to be Vedral. Three-man defensive line here for O'Neal, but those linebackers are up there pretty close. Vedral under center. I-formation is behind him. This might be just one of those hard count deals and see if you can get O'Neal to jump off. And the folks wearing blue are slapping their agreement because I think we've got uh, legal procedure here on O'Neal. Uh, O'Neal, not O'Neal, but Bishop Newman, wrong Catholic school. And it's uh, going to be a five-yard penalty. I think they were trying to get O'Neal to jump off sides and got one of their own players. They were trying to get that hard count. So they switched a few players out. Looks like they'll probably punt it now just to save themselves some field position with about 40 seconds to go. But hard count, still the right call there. Losing five yards isn't a big deal at midfield. Theo Bloom in punt formation. I think it's Appleby that's back deep here. They snap at the Bloom, no pressure, and he'll get the ball up and uh, calling for the fair catch is going to be Appleby right at the 20-yard line. And that is where O'Neill will have it. And they've got 32 seconds and a couple of timeouts to see whether or not they can take the lead here. They've trailed the entire game. But right now, it's a one-point game, 22-21, with now 32 seconds to go before halftime. Really good punt there by Bloom. Make sure he gave enough hang time for his coverage team to get downfield, but he also kicked it away from the punt returner. Didn't give them a lot of opportunity to make a big play on special teams, setting up their defense in a lot better position than being just at midfield. So, again, you, you may not be goofy here. You might want to see what uh, first down brings you, and uh, if you don't get what you want, then you might try something else. So they'll just do that quick little handoff right up the middle, and if you get something great, if not, let's head to the locker room. Well, they hand the ball right up the middle, and there wasn't any room there for Jake Young at all. They don't look like they're any in any hurry to, to get a playoff. So that's the nice conservative way of doing that, and they're working the clock. They uh, have not started the 25-second clock, as I mentioned, is kind of unusual that you see that in high school football. A lot of high schools from across the state actually do have the 25-second clock, but there has been a timeout called down there. So uh, the clock will stop now with 21 seconds to go. I didn't see who called the timeout. Bishop Newman called it as soon as they saw O'Neill was not going to call the timeout. Bishop Newman might be trying to see if they can force a turnover. They did have their their full complement of timeouts. They might see if they can run three quick plays, get three stops, give themselves a chance to score before halftime, knowing that they don't get the ball coming out of the break. So trying to have a little two-for-one, putting a little pressure on. And again, I think Newman has been a little bit more uh, aggressive than what O'Neill has throughout the course of the game, but uh, it's 22-21. to 21. Newman with the lead here. Our timeout brought to you by five point. Uh, by, brought to you by Nebraska Land National Bank. Take timeout to find out what Nebraska Land National Bank can do for you. So they call the timeout and they're going to kind of force O'Neill to to do something with the ball, and they'll probably try to come back and get the uh, punt block. They got one against Carney Catholic that was a big play in that game. For so o- why not? For O'Neill, they can throw the ball, but you don't want to throw an incomplete pass and help Bishop Newman save a timeout. 
Tramer's under center, and he'll hand the ball off to uh, the first back coming through on that right side, fighting for extra yards there is going to be Bailey Thompson. Thompson doing a nice job securing the ball there as the fullback, and he's going to be close to the first down marker here. As it's going to be now third and one, and uh, now they are going to let the clock expire as uh, it gets triple zeros up there on the board. So we'll head to the locker rooms as both these two teams doing a nice job of uh, generating some offense as O'Neal has been able to answer back. Every time Newman has got that touchdown, O'Neal's been able to answer back, and Newman with a 22-21 lead as we head to the locker rooms here at Memorial Stadium. Absolutely. It's been about dead even all the way around for both teams, and you thought Bishop Newman maybe would have used another timeout, try to force something. Didn't get a turnover on the play, so they just let the clock run out there. But both teams have been aggressive. O'Neill going for it on some fourth downs. Bishop Newman going for it on fourth, or about to go for it on fourth down, trying to use a hard count, but getting all those two-point conversions. And those two-point conversions end up being the difference, the only difference in this game so far. Yeah, two of the three times they went for two, they were able to get it. And that uh, equates for the difference here because the kicking game has been perfect for O'Neill. So they've converted every one of their kicks. Newman, two out of three times getting the two. So that equates for a 22-21 lead here at halftime. Newman with the lead over O'Neill. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have our Ravenna Sanitation Halftime Report coming up right after this. I was raised in a little town eight miles southwest of here. And from my first day, 18 years ago, I loved working at Mary Lanning because of the people. My daily routine is I get in and see as many people as I can, see if there's anything special that they would need. It's just about being there. I graduated with a full-ride scholarship to Colorado Art Institute in Denver, and I turned that down because I wanted to be a cowboy. The artwork that I do is very, very soothing for me, and it just relaxes me, and it lets me realize I've just been very blessed. My name is Ron Meyer. I'm a customer advocate for Mary Lanning Healthcare. Mary Lanning Healthcare, your care our inspiration. Buzz's Marine knows that boat buying may not be on the top of your mind right now, but if you want first pick on their 2017 inventory or want to special order a new boat and have it ready for spring, stop into Buzz's Marine and check out the full lineup of Larson FX fishing boats or the new Four Winds RS SS 230s. They also have great buys on pontoons and tritunes. Buzz's offers competitive no-hassle financing for new and pre-owned boats, so it's one-stop shopping. The best dealer between Denver and Omaha. Find out more online at buzzesmarine.com. Buzz's Marine South Central Avenue, Carney. You don't have to be a farmer to reap the benefits of being a Buffalo County Farm Bureau member. We work for farm families, but our work reaches well beyond the farm, benefiting Nebraskans in all walks of life. We are your neighbors. Through our work in supporting and promoting agriculture, education, health, and technology, we bring people together to better our community. We share in the values Nebraskans stand for, hard work, passion for the land, and a character rooted in faith and family. Join the Buffalo County Farm Bureau and support Nebraska agriculture. And welcome back here to Memorial Stadium for the Ravenna Sanitation Halftime Report. Ravenna Sanitation says your trash is our treasure, serving Buffalo County for business or residential service. Ravenna Sanitation is your trash collection connection. Find us in your yellow pages. Let's go through our scoring summary. Began on the opening drive 
for Bishop Newman as Noah Vedder was able to march right down the field, doing most of the damage in the air, but he finished off the first drive with a five-yard touchdown run. And then the two-point pass was complete to Jergensmeyer. That made it eight to nothing with three tw- uh, about three minutes and a half into the football game. That made it eight to nothing. But then answering right back, it was uh, O'Neal, Alex Tramer with a one-yard quarterback sneak as the extra point was kicked up and good. That made it eight to seven then with uh, 3.13 to go before the end of the first quarter. And again, Newman, good field position off of the kickoff, was able to march right down the field. This time, Pete Burke caught the pass from Noah Vedrill. The uh, two-point conversion, uh, this time off of that fake lineup for the kick. That time it was good. That made it 16-7, to a nine-point lead for Bishop Newman. But then answering right back is O'Neal with nine minutes to go in the first quarter. Jake Young with a 22-yard touchdown pass from Justin Appleby on the wide receiver reverse pass. It was basically a jump ball, and Jake Young was able to rip the ball away from Noah Vedral for the touchdown. The extra point was good. That made it 16-14. to And then Newman was able to answer back on their ensuing drive. Trevin Rezac on a 14-yard touchdown run. That made it 22-14. to And then with a minute 12 to go before the end of the first half, Jake Young, a 41-yard touchdown pass from Tramer. Tramer, great job scrambling, getting down that sideline, buying enough time for Young to break open. And the pass is complete for the touchdown. Extra point, good. It's 22-21 to here at uh, intermission. And again, we want to remind you that our uh, scoring wrap-up brought to you by Buffalo County Farm Bureau. Everything you need covered, wrapped up in one great insurance agent, Buffalo County Farm Bureau in Kearney. As, uh, again, time and time again, O'Neill is showing that they're they're not scared by the number one team throughout most of the year, the number one seed in Bishop Newman. And, again, all the, the, the plaudits have kind of come Newman's way this year because of the very tough uh, schedule that they ran. But, again, O'Neill... They're going to undefeated team left here in class of C1, and uh, they're kind of proving, hey, you got to deal with us before you get anything done as well. The only undefeated team in the state, and really with something to prove going against the what has been a, the consensus number one for since the beginning of the year all the way even to now. O'Neill's undefeated, but has been talked about as if they are the underdog going into the game, and Right now, the O'Neill marching band is on the field. If this game isn't big enough for some of these players, some of these players are out there participating in the marching band as well. Full pads going about continuing their duties and their, their other activities. Big day for not just the football players, but the marching band as well. But some of the players are out there performing with the marching band, not at halftime getting as much of a break as maybe some of their teammates or opponents. Well... Tramer's not out there. <laughs> you know, yeah. They're, they're, and by the way, that's one of the things I love about high school in general and the smaller classes in particular is uh, you, you really kind of see that that multi-event, multi-participation uh, thing on display when you see one of the football players, and they're freshmen, but the, the football players out there uh, performing here at halftime with the marching band from O'Neill. It, it really is kind of what makes uh, high school sports so special. This game has been special as well. O'Neill hanging toe-to-toe with Bishop Newman. Newman with a 22-14 to lead. We'll take a look at all the statistics and continue with more of the Ravenna Sanitation Halftime Report right after this timeout. 
Anderson Brothers can rewire your entire house or just add a handy outlet. We can fix an annoying drip or install a whole new kitchen and bath. We can change your furnace filter or convert your entire home to geothermal heat. After all, our name says it all. Anderson Brothers Electric, Plumbing, and Heating. Turn to the experts at Anderson Brothers. Neighbors serving your neighborhood for over 65 years. Athletes come in all shapes and sizes, and Carney Orthopedic and Sports Medicine specializes in getting them all back in their game. From swinging a hammer to swinging a golf club, whether tackling daily tasks or tackling the running back, see Carney Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic. If you're suffering from any injury that's putting you on the sidelines, make an appointment today and take comfort in our care. Carney Orthopedic and Sports Medicine. And welcome back here to Memorial Stadium. Let's get you uh, updated not only on the score of this game with Newman leading at 22-21, to 21, but we'll take a look at uh, the statistics as well. We'll begin, first of all, for O'Neill. Alex Tramer is 10 out of 14 in the air for 159 yards and one touchdown. His uh, passer rating is 190.4. I don't know exactly what that means with the high school formula, but it does not. Uh, the, the, the best-rated passer of the game so far is Justin Appleby on that wide receiver pass that he threw in traffic that was pulled down. He's one for one, 22 yards. His quarterback rating is 614.8. Again, it's different than the NFL and how they do it. I'll tell you that right now. In any event, uh, they've been able to go 11 to 15 as a team for 181 yards and a couple of touchdowns here for O'Neill, who trail it in intermission 22 to 21. The rushing attack has not been spectacular. Uh, Thompson's carried the ball six times for a total of eight yards. He's the leading rusher with eight yards because as a team, they've carried the ball 17 times for only 18 yards. Uh, receiving the ball, Jake Young's leading the way, four catches for a couple of touchdowns and 79 yards. Justin Appleby not only has a, uh, a touchdown pass, but he's also caught four passes himself for 47 yards. And Wyatt Lever with two catches for 45 yards. So he's averaging about 22 yards per catch. And uh, also pulling in a pass is uh, Bailey Thompson. Thompson, one catch for 10 yards here in the first half. For Bishop Newman, leading passer, Noah Vettel, the only guy that's thrown the ball here for the Cavaliers. He's 8 of 12 for 134 yards and a touchdown. He's also their leading rusher. Vettel's carried the ball nine times for 63 yards and a touchdown. Trevin Rizak has four carries for 27 yards and a score. Lily, uh, Thomas Lilly has four carries for six yards, and they did have that uh, one snap that was uh, errant and Bedroll fell on for an eight-yard loss. So Newman has carried the ball 18 times. They've had 18 rushes for 88 yards, 134 yards uh, in the air. So total yards here for uh, Newman is going to be 222 yards. O'Neill with 199 yards here in the first half. And uh, first downs, 12 for Newman, 10 for O'Neill. Both teams about the same number of uh, total plays here. And again, very even statistically, very even on the scoreboard as Newman has a 22-21 to 21 lead. Receiving the uh, passes here for Newman, uh, Trevin Rizek's caught two balls 
for 40 yards, a long of 28. Pete Burke caught a 17-yard touchdown. He has two catches for 21 yards. And uh, their leading receiver through the course of the year has only one catch here in the first half. That's Reed Jurgensmeyer, one catch for 29 yards. Jackson Simmons has one catch for 18 yards. That's the same line for Thomas Lilly, one catch for 18 yards. And Theo Bloom has a catch for eight yards here in the first half. So again, two, four, six different uh, Cavaliers have caught the ball. Four for O'Neill, but Newman does have a one-point lead here at intermission, 22 to 21. And again, you look at all the statistics, you know, time of possession. Newman's got uh, 12 and a half minutes to 11 and a half minutes for O'Neill. That's relatively close. Uh, both teams have been perfect in the red zone. Uh, turnovers have been non-existent in this game, and uh, it's been a very well-played, very entertaining game here. Newman with the 22-21 lead. Outside of the difference being the who's been going for two instead of kicking it with that one-point difference in the score, really the only difference out of anything statistically is the rushing yards. O'Neal not able to get a running game going. They got seven or eight yards there right before half, just trying to run out the clock out of their 18 total yards. They would have actually had a negative yards per carry had they not had those yards just before half. Their, their passing game has kept them in this, kept them right there with Bishop Newman. But in the second half, if they're not able to get more of a rushing game or continue to spread the ball into the flat and suck up some of those Cavalier uh, defensive backs, their pass game is going to become a little bit more predictable as that's been the only thing they've been forced to do and been successful with it throughout the first half. You know, usually if you're a team like Newman, who is, you know, a lot of people, they've been number one all year, uh, they've got their tradition, playing a team that's never won a state title. You, you would often think a team like that that's been number one through the course of the season, blah, 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 blah. You, they, uh, a lot of times they play tight. They're they're conservative. Uh, they, they're they're playing like they're the underdog here. They're going for two. They're, they're going for it on fourth down when they're uh, within range of their kicker getting a, a field goal. They're being a, a very aggressive team. They're not just uh, thinking that, yeah, we're going to win this thing easy. They understand they're going to have their hands full here with O'Neal, and they're playing like an underdog. As we said before the game, both teams, none of the players on the field will have played in a state championship game. So these coaches are coming out aggressive with their play calling, going for two, going for fourth, going for it on fourth down. And Bishop Newman being extremely aggressive, their front line on both offensive and defensive line playing very aggressive, opening up some holes for their running backs and not allowing anything from O'Neal. And they are playing like they're the underdog in this game. And if you look at record, yeah, they are. But they are the number one team in most people's minds throughout the year and going into this game. And O'Neal has played like they're an underdog as well, going for it on fourth down in the red zone, even though they could have kicked a field goal. Bishop Newman needs to continue to play with that aggressiveness going into the second half. And O'Neal needs to come out, try to see what adjustments they can make to stop this Bishop Newman offense. And by the way, both uh, teams have kickers they feel pretty comfortable with with extra points. Both kickers have have, uh, hit over 90% or right at 90% of their extra points throughout the course of the season. But uh, Lever for O'Neal, his longest field goal is 32 yards. They did not provide those statistics for Newman, but I think those numbers are going to be very similar as well. So you don't have a lot of range with your kickers. And again, it's a little bit different animal. Because, among other things, when you play in a college field like obviously this is, those uprights aren't near as wide as they are for the high school game. Uh, but those uh, hash marks are actually spread out a little bit further. So, again, it's a little bit harder kick. So that might be 
why Newman's decided they want to be aggressive going for two here, uh, even though both teams have kickers that have kicked 90% throughout the course of the year. And I'm talking about how, uh, how uh, Wahoos uh, doesn't seem to be uh, overly comfortable kicking the, the uh, football. And you see the uh, field goal kicker out there just draining them <laughs> from, uh, you see Bennis out there hitting 35 and 38 yard field goals. So, you know, we'll find out. It may very well come down to a kick because uh, we're in a tight one here at halftime. It's Newman 22, O'Neill 21. And we'll take a quick break and we'll continue and wrap up our Ravenna Sanitation halftime report here from Memorial Stadium in Lincoln right after this timeout. For food that'll make you stand up and cheer, head to Fanatics. Start with traditional appetizers like mozzarella or breadsticks, or add a little spice to your life with jalapeno poppers. And don't forget the famous wings you can enjoy as appetizers or as a meal itself. Bite into their huge selection of burgers, pizzas, calzones, or sandwiches. With over 30 HDTVs, the bullpen, and their new party room, there's something always going on at Fanatics. Food that will make you stand up and cheer. Fanatics, a block north of the tracks on Central Avenue, Kearney. Five Points Bank. We're proud our bankers have the ability to take care of customers in the Kearney area. One of our bank's true differences is our bankers have a true Kearney connection, important in providing the best in banking. Our staff is proud they've lived in Kearney for years. Many have been lifelong residents. Having a true Kearney connection means caring and being involved in the community and committed to making banking work for the people of Kearney. Bank with Five Points Bank. The better bank. The bank with a true Kearney connection. Good things will happen. Ravenna Sanitation provides the perfect solution for any solid containment requirement. From the old shingles off your roof to a remodeled job, Ravenna Sanitation delivers a roll-off box to your house or side of the project. You fill it up and they pick it up. No more making several trips back and forth to the dump. Rely on Ravenna Sanitation to take care of it for you. Ravenna Sanitation is the quality, dependable trash hauling service you've been looking for. Ravenna Sanitation, serving all of Buffalo County. New Tech is known as the undisputed yield leader as a result of their excellent performance in university and first trials and in your fields. While winning isn't everything at the high school level, it sure makes things a lot more interesting. To put New Tech's winning genetics to work for you, contact Terry or Jason Stark of Cutting Edge Seed and Chemicals at 750-6060. That's 750-6060. Or visit NewTech at yieldleader.com. Undisputed Midwest Yield Leader. And welcome back here to Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. You've been listening to the Ravenna Sanitation Halftime Report. Ravenna Sanitation says your trash is our treasure, serving Buffalo County for business or residential service. Ravenna Sanitation is your trash collection connection. Find us in your local yellow pages. Let's get you updated on what has happened so far here in Lincoln. We'll do this I guess alphabetically, in Class A last night, Bellevue West with an impressive win, 43-6 to over Omaha North. And in Class C2 earlier today, Wilbur Claytonia with a 20 to nothing win over Crofton to claim the state championship for the Wolverines. The Burwell Longhorns yesterday won the Class D1 title over Guardian Angels Central Catholic, 47 to 18. Congratulations to the Longhorns there. And Fall City Sacred Heart with a 44-28 win in Class D2 yesterday over Twin Loop. As we mentioned, there's four teams vying for two championships here today. Newman right now has the lead over O'Neill 22-21 at halftime. And at 7 o'clock tonight here on the ESPN Superstation in Central Nebraska, Elkhorn South will be taking on Omaha Scott to wrap up the high school season for football 
the fall sports season will come to an end about uh, 9 o'clock tonight, 9.30 or so. And I'm having trouble wrapping my mind around that uh, that has happened because the school year has just flown by. Oh, yeah, it has. And we've already, we're already seeing who's going to play in Jamboree games next week. It's like the entire fall has flown by. But I'm looking forward to that Class B game tonight. Really excited to see what Scott can do, what Elkhorn South can do. It's going to be a very exciting game, hopefully just as exciting as we've had through one half of football here. And it will be Newman who will be kicking it off. It's Bennis who will tee up the football. And uh, back deep for O'Neill will be Todd. And they're going to bounce it around, and it's going to go into the end zone for the touchback. Trying to track it down there was Wyatt Lever as Lever kind of tracked that one down. That was a good kickoff because I don't think they want anything to do with this O'Neill return game. That's what we were seeing Bishop Newman do as they came out during halftime, trying to kick it across that left side, maybe to an up back. He got a lot more behind that than what we saw at halftime as he was getting some extra practice in, but it took a perfect bounce into the corner and just snuck into the end zone. So it'll be first and 10 from the 20, and you've been talking about field position much of the game, and rightly so. This will be the worst field starting position for either team right at the 20-yard line. Tramer will step in under center. I formations behind him. They'll hand the ball off to the tailback, and bouncing through the first hole of the night is going to be Jake Young. Young puts his head down. He's going to be short of the first down marker, but not by much. That's a nine-yard gain, and that's going to dang near double what O'Neill's been able to do rushing through the entire season. I mean, through the entire game. Yeah, through the entire game, they haven't been able to get a push, but you saw exactly what happened there. They still didn't continue to get a push, but they opened up just enough of a hole to spring them for almost a first down. So after gaining 18 yards in the first half, they gained nine the first play of the second quarter, and they'll hand it off to the fullback again, and there's a big hole bouncing through in that midfield. going to be down at the 49-yard line comes the uh, fullback Shane Campbell, and suddenly the rushing game here for O'Neill starting to take flight. And you can hear the O'Neill fans coming alive to that one. They've more than doubled their rushing game from the first half in just the two plays here. And it looks like that's a point of emphasis from the coaching staff to start the second half and get this ground game going. And if you can get that going, the way Tramer's been throwing the football, you're going to be a very dangerous offense. Tramer, with the I formation behind him, squats in under center. He's going to hand it off. And again, a little hole here for the fullback. Thompson's just going to put his head down. Bowl across the 45, down to the 44-yard line. That's a gain of six. This is an entirely different offense than we saw through the entire first half. There they got five, six yards and made it look really easy, whereas through the first half they had to quarterback sneak just to get one or two yards, doing a great job right now as this offensive line for O'Neal. And again, if you're an offensive lineman, you're starting to feel your oats a little bit. That gives you a little bit of swagger, and it just opens everything up here. Eye formation, Tramer under center. Fakes the handoff, play action pass, tight end open right over the middle, and they're going to get a first down here, putting his head down, gaining the yards is going to be Bryce Heiser. That rushing game, exactly as they want to do. They want to set up their passing game with their running game, and they haven't been able to do that throughout the course of the first half. Coming out the second half, three straight runs and getting some good yards, and then that play-action pass wide open down the middle. So Heiser gains 17 on the play, move the sticks, and put an eye formation behind Tramer as he steps in under center. First and 10. Fake the handoff to the first guy, the fullback, and then they'll give it to the eye back, and there's nowhere for Jake Young to go. And after that running game looking very effective, they lose three on this play. As much as O'Neal's offensive line has had 
some success to start this half. You can't keep Bishop Newman's defensive line from getting a push for very long. And you saw it right there with Evan Welsh, who we've called his name a few times in the first half. He's a big guy to try to get in front of, and he just bowled his way back, stopped that run before it got started. So second and 13. This time we're going to go with a uh, pass formation. Trips to the right, one wide out to the left. There is a running back in the backfield here with Tramer. Tramer's going to throw it on that right side as receiver screen here for Appleby. Appleby will spin, take it inside the 25-yard line down to about the 24, and it's going to set up now third and eight. They had the screen out in the flat, set up relatively well, had enough blockers out there, but Bishop Newman has some great speed out on the edge, closed it Closed it really quickly, only gave up four to five yards there. Still a third and long, and this looks like this is just outside of field goal range, so possibly two down territory right now for the Eagles. Cavaliers 22, Eagles of O'Neill 21, 8.51 to go as they break the huddle here in the third quarter, third and about eight from the 25-yard line. Pressure coming right up the middle. The quarterback's going to keep it. Tramer puts his head down. He's going to be short of the first down marker. He's going to gain about four and then get thrown back. And uh, so they'll give him forward progress down to the 22-yard line. It's going to be fourth down. There was a bunch of pressure coming up, forcing Tramer to have to run, but Reed Juergensmeyer ran him down and wrapped him up, threw him to the ground, and brings it up about a fourth and four. Looks like they'll go for it. Because this, as we've said with both of the field goal kickers, this looks like this would be just outside of their range. And you can feel, you can kind of hear that wind just a little bit. So this would probably be a little bit more than what Lever can get done from field goal range. So on fourth down, Tramer, pressure coming. He's directing traffic. He's scrambling to his right. He's going to tuck it. He's going to go, and he's going to get the first down. He steps inside that. Orange marker over there, down to the 15, and he's going to have enough for the first down. When they started the play, just on the left hash, before he took off, he managed to wheel around, had a lot of pressure coming in at him as well, and he knew as soon as he saw a little bit of green grass out in front of him, just run for the sticks, pick up that first down, and now it's a whole new possession with a a first and 10 inside the 20. That Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson little pump fake that kind of kept the defender from coming up on him when he was running the football. It helped him get that first down by a good yard and a half, and they're going to hand it right up the middle, putting his head down and getting dirty is Jake Young, just trying to burrow through there, getting what he can, and it'll be a gain of about three. So, again, just a quick little hitter, and again, some success here in the second half for the Eagles running the football. So second and seven coming up here for the Eagles with 7.25 to go. That clock moving, that's another effective thing here for O'Neill. You don't necessarily want that offense for uh, Newman to get a full head of speed, a full head of steam. Tramer going to roll out to his left. He's directing traffic. He's going to run. He's inside the 10, 5, aiming for the pylon. Did he get there? He's out of bounds. Is he short of the goal line? Yes, he is. But that's going to set up now first and goal here for the Eagles as they take their first drive of the second half and march right down the field. They're looking awfully good offensively on this drive. Yeah, they are. And as he scrambled out to the left, it looked like he was going to have just enough to get inside the pylon, but good pursuit there by the Cavaliers to make sure they stop him just before the goal line. But first and goal, and he's going to keep it. Everybody's going to be pushing on the quarterback to see if they can get Tramer into the end zone. No indication, and there it is. Touchdown on Ale. 
O'Neal's run game has been completely non-existent throughout the entire game, but they come out in the second half, run off, <coughs> excuse me, run off five minutes of clock and use the rushing game to get into the end zone. So they have a very effective drive. Can't ask for more than that. Take five minutes off the clock. Get your first lead of the ball game at 27 to 22. And now they're lining up for the extra point. They've done nothing but kick them. And now Wyatt Lever will try to extend this eagle lead. He puts the foot into it. It's a low line drive kick, but it is through the uprights. No, it is not. Must have squirreled out just to that left side, so the kick is no good. So the Eagles have to be content with a five-point lead with 7.01 to go here in the third quarter. They get the five-points bank touchdown right up the middle from their quarterback, Alex Tramer. And for the first time, the Eagles have the lead, 27-22. They'll kick it off to the Cavaliers of Bishop Newman when we come back after this. I can't get this darn radio to tune into the game. You know, Dad, you can just listen to the game on the computer at PlatteRiverPreps.com. Yeah, and I'm sure they want my credit card to pay per minute for something I could get for free if I could just get this radio to work. Actually, thanks to Barney Insurance, they stream free online. You can even download a podcast shortly after the game wraps up. Sounds easy enough. What was the web address again? PlatteRiverPreps.com Listen, college should introduce you to new ideas. It should open your mind to a world of possibilities. You can get access to real-world opportunities at Hastings College, where the world and you align. Find us at Hastings.edu. PlatteRiverPreps.com is your source for high school sports results and updates seven days a week, covering over 70 teams across central Nebraska. Whether you're a high school athlete, a proud parent, or a sports fan, you'll stay on top of your teams at PlatteRiverPreps.com. And welcome back here to the Nebraska Land National Bank broadcast booth. A very impressive drive to start the second half here for O'Neill, going right down the uh, field. And again, their running game for the first time got something going. That's going to be the difference in the ball game. If O'Neill can get a more balanced attack, start to get that rushing game going. Bishop Newman has been balanced with their offense the entire first half. But if O'Neill can do it when they have the ball as well, this looks like this is going to favor the Eagles as we go the rest of the way. But again, Newman wouldn't be Newman if they folded their tents every time they ever fell behind in a football game. They're going to kick the ball deep out here to Daly. Daly. Comes right through the middle, makes one man miss, slips through off the uh, wall there and takes it out to the 35-yard line. Will be first and 10. You know, it really is pretty nice weather out there, about 47 degrees. There's rain in the neighborhood, but they have been able to stay dry here. And the wind, about 9 miles an hour, a little bit of uh, gusts, a little bit more than that. But for the most part, this is pretty good uh, playing conditions. Tonight, field conditions brought to you by your Impact Ag partners, Craig Weegis and Todd Travis, your local Pioneer Seed dealer. Where can growers turn for the latest weather, market updates, and agronomy information and get the most out of every acre? Well, that's easy. They keep the ball off on the left side here for Vedral. Vedral is going to bring it across for a gain of about six on the play. And again, if you want to get the most out of every acre, all you do is find Pioneer.com and MobilePioneer.com on your smartphone. The great seeds of success for a better yield start with Pioneer and Impact Ag Partners. And again, first play from the drive, a six-yard gain here for Vedral. So again, these guys... They're not, they're not scared. They've been through enough tough games here that the Cavaliers have played from behind several times throughout the course of the year. So they'll go with a running back off of either shoulder here for Vedral, who is in that kind of full 
house backfield look here for the quarterback. He takes the snap. He looks to his right. We'll throw it in underneath, and the uh, pass is going to be complete. I believe that's to Burke. Yes, it is. He makes one man miss, gives a nice little stiff arm, and he looks like a fullback after he makes the catch. That was an absolute rope from Vedral out there into the flat to Burke, and it looks like Burke's down right now, but may have just had a little bit of cramping is, is what it looks like, probably a calf. Uh, as this game goes on and the adrenaline gets going, players try to stay hydrated, but Vedral there, very patient, threw that ball on a rope. There was a defender in the area, but Vedral not afraid to throw that ball out into the flat. Yeah, Burke is uh, really gimpy on that sideline, so we'll have to see whether or not he can come back in here in a little bit. It is uh, first and ten. Vedral going to keep it. Runs right up the middle and really has uh, nowhere to go. So we'll keep an eye on Burke with our injury report brought to you by Family Physical Therapy and Sports Center. Getting you back to the game of life with two locations in Kearney. They're across midfield and it'll be second and seven from about the 46. Vedral has continued to make very good decisions knowing when to keep it and when to give it and throwing the ball out into the flats. Bishop Newman's offense has come out ready to attack again in the second half. And we have a uh, late whistle here as they're checking out something with the equipment of the defensive end here for the Eagles, and they check out the uh, shoulder pad on the right side over there for Tyler Reagan. And everything checks out as he stays in the game. So now we're all set and ready to go here on second and seven. Vedral takes the snap, steps up, throws right side, going to be caught, and getting enough for the first down, sticking his uh, the ball forward there is going to be Theo Bloom, and they'll move the sticks. O'Neill continues to play zone defense with their defensive backs, giving a lot of room for these Cavalier receivers to get into space, and right there you saw the exact same thing as Theo Bloom just runs downfield, turns and sits with no one around him. Well, everybody's around Vedral right now. He's got a running back to his right, one behind him. So this is officially the pistol here for Vedral as he calls it out. And he'll keep it himself. Has a couple of lead blockers, and he is not going to get back the line of scrimmage, I don't believe, as Jake Young makes the tackle. But there is, I think this might be our first penalty of the game. The first penalty not on a kickoff. And that'll be a hold. On Wahoo. And you can kind of hear the folks on the far side wearing blue. They are making a lot of noise over there. They're beginning to feel their oats after that impressive drive to start the second half. Oh, yeah. They they know that their offense came out ready to play with some great adjustments, getting that rushing game going. And now if they can get a stop with their defense, which we only saw happen a couple times late in the second quarter, if their defense can get a stop here, get the ball back, Go down, punch another one in. All the momentum so far this second half is going O'Neal's way. And because of the two-point conversion success, two out of three times here for Newman, and the fact that they did not get the extra point kicked through for O'Neal, O'Neal's lead is only five. So, again, a touchdown would put them ahead. Vedral pulls it out of the stomach, play-action pass, lobs it in traffic, and it's going to be intercepted. Intercepted, I believe that's Appleby who's going to take it out of bounds at the 30-yard line. Yes, it is. Appleby makes the catch into triple coverage and will take it out of bounds at the 30. And there is a flag on the play. I think the interception is going to stand. It looked like Vedral took a hit late there after the play, or it's 
it's going to be holding on O'Neal on the return. So they still get the ball. Another good stand by O'Neal's defense. Well, I guess it depends when the hold was. They're having the discussion here. And I just reading body language here for the Cavaliers, it is on the return. You might be able to hear the uh, white hat. Not often we have high school officials mic'd up, but it was a post-possession penalty. So they'll take it from the 30 down to the 20-yard line. So it was right at the tackle where they – because that's a spot foul. So the ball will be marked outside the 20-yard line. So a good – again, the, the advantage here for O'Neal is not necessarily the, the field position. The field position isn't that good. It's the fact that he actually stopped a good offense from scoring. So they'll pitch it out on the right side. Student body right here for Bailey Thompson. Thompson trying to get the edge, and he's able to turn that corner, and he'll be marked just short of the first down territory. The Eagles are feeling it right now as Bailey Thompson got to the edge. What we saw through the first half was anytime they got close to a defender, the Bishop Newman players came and pretty much laid the wood, but you saw there as Thompson got to the edge, he dropped his shoulder, made, made sure that he could pick up not just the two or three yards as he got to the outside, he wanted to get all the way to the sticks, just short of the first down. Well, 884 yards rushing in the first 11, excuse me, 12 games of the year. So that's it's good, but uh, it's not a tremendous rushing attack. Well, they're having some success here. They'll give it off on the right side and off tackle. Read uh, the tackle by Chain Campbell with the uh, carry. Jurgensmeyer helps uh, in on the tackle there, but it's more than enough for the first down. Just like as they started this quarter, they come out with a strong rushing attack. Two runs on a first down. They're going to continue to try to work that ground game, set up their passing plays, which they already know has worked throughout this game. So they will move the sticks. And 4.06 to go here. Third quarter. Tramer under center. One back in the backfield, and they'll hand it off to him. And uh, spinning through there, trying to make something positive happen. There's just nowhere to go there for Campbell. He spun to get back to the line of scrimmage. Otherwise, that'd be a loss of one or two. And it's going to set up now second and uh, about nine and a half. They got just a smidgen there. It looked like there were eight Cavaliers in the backfield. The only ones who weren't were defensive backs sitting downfield in case there was a play action. Bishop Newman laying their ears back right now and trying to get some pressure on these running backs. Might be a pretty good time for a play action pass here on, we'll call it second and ten. Under center, Tramer. He will play action pass. He steps up. Pressure coming. Throws it in underneath. Going to be caught. Head down. First down. As short of the uh, sticks was Heiser when he made the catch. But then the tight end. Well, play like a tight end. Because he just ran over the defensive back and has enough for the first down. He made sure after he secured the catch that he was going to turn it upfield. And whoever was in his way, he was going to take him with him. Happened to be the defender. Just happened to hold on to him enough and get in under his legs. Trip him up. But another first down for O'Neal. They are really rolling here in this third quarter. Heiser, 190 pounds, and he played like a 220-pound kid there because he just ran over that guy. So that will move the sticks. First and 10, ball short of midfield at the 46-yard line. Full house backfield behind Tramer. They're going to pitch it. Student body left, trying to get to the seam. Uh, There is a flag down where you think you might see a hold here. Tackle being uh, led by uh, Daly. And down after a nice gain there is Kobe Todd. But, again, there is a flag down. Yeah, it looked like there was a hold there on the edge. Just enough space. Had he not held, 
probably going to be a tackle right at the line of scrimmage, but it was one of those really close plays that they had to throw the flag on. But as we can see, O'Neal's offense still rolling with this rushing attack so far. We have not had a lot of penalties here in the game. And all of them here in the second half. Both teams up to that play had two penalties for a total of 15 yards. So this will now make it first and 20 here for the Eagles. And again, they got an offense and a quarterback that can make this happen. And stepping in under center is going to be Tramer. He's got the eye formation behind him. So they're trying to go with a running formation. Appleby comes across that formation. And they fake the pitch. Tramer looking to throw. Going to roll out to his right. Throw it in underneath. couple of lead blockers out there for the guy that catches the ball. It's going to be a gain of about 12 here by Bailey Thompson. Thompson makes the catch. Had a couple of receivers in front of him. They kind of acted like lead blockers. If that's by design, that's that's unusual. But that's a, an interesting way to kind of set up a downfield screen. It looked like nothing was open right away coming off of the play-action pass. So there was some pressure coming to Tramer. But Hallbeck, the right tackle for O'Neal, laid a good block to let Tramer get a couple more steps out into the flat before he threw it downfield, setting up a lot more manageable second down than that, that first and 20. So they gain about 13 on the play, so this will be second and seven here for the Eagles. Under center is Tramer, eye formation behind him. He drops the ball, picks it up, rolls to his right. He's looking downfield. He steps down that sideline. It's going to be caught. Enough for the first down. They got one foot down over there to Appleby as he'll have it first and 10 from the 44-yard line. In high school, you only need one foot, and that's all they got. That was a tremendous pass to get out into the flat, and he threw a bullet. Eli Vedrill was in front of him between him and his receiver, but Tramer threw a dart across there, made sure he could get it to his receiver, and another first down, just moving the sticks. Eli and Noah are both the grandsons of Tim Terman, the head coach at Wahoo Newman. Under center, Tramer handoff, and the blitzing linebacker is going to just erase that one. Wow, what a play by Theo Bloom. He came in there untouched. Loss of about three on the play. And really, O'Neal's fortunate they didn't turn that ball over because he was there right at the exchange. Bloom timed that right at the snap. It's one of those where you see a linebacker start to figure out that they're going on a certain snap count each time. And Bloom was right there as soon as the ball was snapped and threw untouched. Stop him for a loss. Well, we've had a good one going here, and now Newman trying to exert their will here defensively a little bit. We're in the final minute of the third quarter. O'Neal with a 27-22 lead, and a rollout pass here for Tramer. Tramer throws it in underneath, pass is complete, and the ball goes out of bounds after the completion. It was uh, caught in there underneath by Lever, and then Lever lost the ball, and we'll see where they spot it. It is going to be short of the first down by a good chunk. It's going to be third and about eight. Eight yards is no problem so far through this game for O'Neal, but they need to start getting some plays across the middle. Everything has been a run to the edge or a pass to the edge. If they start utilizing the middle of the field a little bit more, that will open up these passes to their receivers out on the edge. So Tramer facing third and about eight will put Appleby in motion. So there's going to be two receivers to the right. They've got a tight end on that right side. They're going to pitch it off to the right wing. And the fullback running through, he's going to be down at about the 40-yard line. They're going to stand up Bailey Thompson right there. And you're going to be facing fourth and about six. And O'Neal, if they decide to go for it, I don't know why they wouldn't because they've had a tremendous amount of success on fourth down. They're three for three going for it on fourth down. 
And this is about the same area that Bishop Newman has had for starting field position throughout the game. So if they do turn it over on downs here, this is really no different than what they've managed to stop Newman and had to deal with as a defense so far through the game. Looks like they're going to try to figure out what play they can get four yards, five yards out of, but that hasn't been an issue so far for the Eagles. Well, they've got some time to think about. They're going to let the clock expire, and we'll head to the fourth quarter. Brock Eichelberger, the head coach here for O'Neill, will try to figure out what they want to do here on fourth down with a 27-22 lead as we head to the fourth quarter. We'll be back to Memorial Stadium in Lincoln for the C-1 State Championship game. The Eagles on fourth down with a five-point lead when we come back after this. The University of Nebraska at Kearney is ready to make a difference for you. Here, you'll get a quality education and graduate on time with less debt. You'll also have an unforgettable college experience. Join a club, become a leader, make a real difference for yourself and others. Choosing the right college is a big decision. Trust your future with people who care about your success. Choose the University of Nebraska at Kearney because we are difference makers. Visit unk.edu and schedule a campus visit today. Car insurance isn't about the car. It's about the precious cargo the car carries. It's about providing security and confidence that if an accident occurs, you'll be protected. I'm Dave Challey of Barney Insurance. As a local independent agent, we can design an insurance program that's just right for you and your family, providing safe, sound, secure insurance protection from auto owners insurance. Stop by or give us a call. Time is the true test of endurance. Barney And welcome back here to Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. We head to the fourth quarter with O'Neill leading Bishop Newman 27-22. to 22. We certainly want to say thanks to all of our sponsors throughout the course of the year, especially our presenting sponsors of the state football playoffs like Mary Lanning Healthcare, Your Care, Our Inspiration, and Husker Power Products, your full-service irrigation engine headquarters in Hastings and Sutton. You know, really the uh, championship games up to this point have been fairly one-sided. This one has been tight throughout. Right now, 27-22, O'Neill with the lead, but they are facing fourth and about five here from near midfield. They're at the, we'll call it the 39-yard line. they got to get her down to the 34. And again, they're going to line up in a passing formation where they've had a fair amount of success. Tramer is 16 of 40 in the air for 220 yards, one touchdown, and not only no interceptions today, no interceptions for the season. And that is probably as as impressive a statistic as you're going to run into. They are going to punt. They uh, have now shifted into this punt formation. So this is a rare occurrence, a punt in this game. Good snap, not much pressure, high kick. And it's going to hit the turf, and it's going to take a friendly O'Neill roll down to about the one-yard line. They're going to down it inches from the goal line. That could not have gone any better. You decide to punt, so why not pin him down to four inches from the goal line? You have seen the, the field position battle really fluctuate between being good and very good, and right there, all the momentum has gone to O'Neill in the second half and really to start this fourth quarter. What a great punt that Bishop Newman could do nothing with, just had to let go, and it took a tremendous eagle roll, and they had plenty of coverage guys down there. Make sure they could stop it inside the one. O'Neill's crowd and team coming alive in the second half. Tyler Reagan could not have rolled that out there any better. Vedral will take the snap in his own end zone. He is under center. 
He will hand it off to the fullback and fighting to just get out of the goal line, out of the end zone, is Trevin Rizek, and Rizek will gain about a yard, yard and a half. But again, if you're Newman, who has really been pretty aggressive all game, you kind of have to be fairly conservative here. A little bit more conservative because they've gone for those two-point conversions and there was a miss on an extra point by O'Neal. Only down five. They don't have to be in any hurry right now. They just have to give themselves a little bit more room. Well, you can't win the game on this play, but you can go a long way to losing it. We're early in the fourth quarter, and Vedro's going to keep it. Runs through one tackle, spins, takes it down to about the five-yard line. He dropped the football, and O'Neal's got it! That's going to be one of those plays where we have said throughout the entire game that Vedral has done nothing but make good decisions, and we saw on that play the defensive end as they ran a read going to the right side. The defensive end steps in just a little bit. Vedral maybe should have let that ball go to his running back to the outside where there was a little bit more space, but he tried to cut it up inside, make something out of nothing, just tried to do a little bit too much, coughed it up, and now a great scoring opportunity here for O'Neal. Well, they... Stripped the ball from him, and Shane Campbell comes up with it. Number 25 comes up with the ball at the five-yard line. Up by five, O'Neal trying to add on here. Early in the fourth quarter, under center. Tramer hands it off. And churning, burning, driving, getting toward the goal line. Did he get in? Awfully close. We'll see if they throw their hands up here as Campbell was driving in. They're going to call him just short of the goal line. And it'll be... Second and goal from inside the one. Quickly to the line now. We've seen the quarterback sneak work a couple of times so far. And Campbell's going to try it here. They're pushing. And Campbell trying to lean that ball up. There is a flag down. The official put his hands in the air for the touchdown. They do throw a flag. So we'll see as we sort this one out. The white hat in the backfield throws the flag. Now, the rules are a little bit different in high school than they are with other things in terms of assisting the runner. It is a touchdown, and it's going to be a late hit here on Newman. Everything going the Eagles' way right now, and we've seen them go to that quarterback sneak when they've had less than a yard. It worked on a fourth down. It worked on a, a goal line stand, and it worked there again on a goal line stand. And the Eagles, after getting the big turnover at the five, two plays later, punching it in. Well, now will they decide to go for two after missing the kick? I kind of doubt it because you already have a two-score lead and that because of how the math has kind of worked out here with that extra two-point conversion, the kick makes the most sense here. So coming out with the tee is going to be Wyatt Lever. And they'll spot it, obviously, at the 10-yard line. And I think they can take this penalty on the uh, kickoff. So Lever will... Kick the extra point. Snap was a little bit high, but they handle it, and Lever's kick hits the upright and goes right back down to the turf, so the kick is no good. So an 11-point lead here for the Eagles. They lead at 33-22 with 10.48 to go after a five-points-bank touchdown by the quarterback, Tramer, goes in from inside a one-yard out. And reminder for you that all of our touchdowns brought to you by Five Points Bank, the better bank in Kearney. 33-22, an 11-point lead for the Eagles. They'll kick off to the Cavaliers right after this timeout. 
Whether you're talking sports or farming, one thing is the same. You need power. Look Husker Power products for propane, natural gas, and diesel irrigation engines customized to your needs. When you require irrigation power, parts, or timely service, think Husker Power products, your provider of GM-powered natural gas, and LP high-efficiency irrigation engines, and fuel-efficient Isuzu diesel engines. Call 402-463-1531 for Husker Power products of Hastings, your full-service irrigation engine headquarters. Now, also located in Sutton. And welcome back here to Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. We got a good one brewing and certainly want to say thanks to our sponsors like Family Physical Therapy and Sports Center. Getting you back to the game of life with a location to better serve every athlete, every parent, every grandparent. Family Physical Therapy and Sports Center. And again, this third quarter, early on in the fourth quarter, this game has been kind of taken over by O'Neill, but Newman not out of it yet. They are, they are down by 11, but they certainly by no stretch of the imagination, are they out of this game? They're not out of it. Going to start in a, a little different field position on this one. Kicking off from Bishop Newman's 45 is O'Neill because of that penalty on the touchdown. We'll see if Newman can get anything on special teams and start this drive. They might just kick this one in the end zone. That's exactly what they do. In fact, it didn't even land in the field of play. It was through the end zone <laughs> and hit the uh, white stripes on the back end here at Memorial Stadium. And what a great thrill here for these kids to be able to play at Memorial Stadium. It's a little bit different environment because the stadium is 90% empty, but you're still playing at, at a Division One campus, and uh, you're going to have a pretty good CD that you'll be able to get from Nebraska Educational Television to recap this game, as well as our podcast that we have for you here at Platte River Radio, platteriverpreps.com. Vedral going to run the option, going to pitch it out, and a little bit of room out there for Rezac, and Rezac's going to be knocked short of the 30-yard line. He'll be down at about the 28. And we certainly want to remind you that our uh, uh, all of our Internet streaming and those podcasts of all of our high school games at Platte River Radio Group of Stations and at PlatteRiverPreps.com is brought to you by Barney Insurance and Kearney, Holdridge, Lexington, and Lincoln. All the games that we've done all fall up to this point will be on there for quite some time, so you can check those podcasts out at any time. It'll be second and about two here from the 38-yard line for Federal and the Cavaliers, who need something positive on this drive. The handoff right up the middle, and enough for the first down with a quick little fullback dive is Trevin Rezac. Getting a lot more push from their offensive line. Had a couple offensive linemen 15 yards downfield, continuing their push as soon as they shook off the, the defensive lineman linebacker. They went and started looking for a safety. That's what you do. You knock down one guy, you go looking for the next one, and hope your running back kind of keeps up with you. So Vedral, out of the pistol here. He's going to look to pass. Throws it up on the right side. Going to be caught by Reed Jurgensmeyer, and Jurgensmeyer will tiptoe down there and will be right at the 40-yard line. So that's a gain of about eight. Senior quarterback Vedral has not had his confidence shaken at all. He's thrown an interception and coughed, and coughed up a fumble. But coming out on this drive, they've gone right back to the option, right back to him making quick decisions and being confident in his decisions, and they're throwing one quickly out into the flat. Newman has got to be thinking that they've got at least two more possessions after this one. They need two touchdowns through that process. And Vedral going to fake the handoff, go right up the middle, and he's going to gain maybe one of the two yards they need, and it's going to be third and about one and a half. David Arroyo got into the backfield, made that a lot quicker decision for Vedral, maybe than he wanted it to be, but he turned something out of nothing on that one. 
third and very manageable here, but O'Neal's defense has been carrying a lot of momentum through the second half, and especially in this fourth quarter. Their crowd coming alive trying to push them on. Vedral, 13 carries, 79 yards, and a touchdown so far here in the game. It is third and one. He's the leading passer. He's the leading rusher. And he'll step in under center, keep it himself. He'll go right back where uh, over the center. He was running the option and then just kind of looked to, kind of felt to his right that there was a seam there, and he just took what he needed to get there, and that's a gain of a yard and a half. We've seen Vedral extend the plays out onto the edge and keep things alive, maybe scramble a little bit and be patient until he knows when he has to make a decision and turn it upfield. There, there wasn't time for patience. He saw as he could get the one to two yards necessary and just turned it up right away. You can be patient on first and second down. Third down, get the first down, move the sticks, be done with it. And I, he just kind of understands this game of football. <laughs> Should. He's kind of been born into it. Vedral's going to throw it on that right side. It's going to be incomplete. And again, if you don't know, Vedral's uh, grandfather is the head coach at uh, Wahoo Newman. His uh, uncle, Matt, is going to play, well, he's going to coach for a state championship at Omaha Scud here later tonight. Matt Terman, if you're a Husker fan, you, you kind of know, dare we say, the legend of Matt Terman from uh, the national championship years in the 90s. We've talked about the traditions for both of these teams going into it, but that's definitely one family that has a lot of tradition going into the game of football. So it's going to be second and 10 after that incomplete pass. Lily going to be a lead blocker here for Bedrill as he rolls out to his left, throws it in underneath, and it's intercepted by Appleby. Appleby's second interception of the game, the third turnover for Wahoo Newman here in the second half, and a short field again for the Eagles. That was a great route that got jumped there. And watching the the replay, yeah, Appleby was coming downhill. He knew exactly where that ball was going. He met it before it even got a chance to get to the receiver. That's now three turnovers in the game to this quarter. O'Neal with all the momentum so far. And we talked a little bit earlier where Newman made a couple of nice plays based on film study. Number 10 spent a little time looking at all that huddle film as well as Justin Appleby diagnosed that, jumped the route, and made the interception. He's had a nice game for himself. He's got six balls for 61 yards. He's got two more balls when he was on defense. So ball at midfield. They'll be at the 49-yard line. Already the Eagles are in enemy territory. And now with 8.28 to go, starting the drive, you want to milk a little clock. And that's where that running game and the success they've had here in the second half, that is a a huge factor here for O'Neal, that they can maybe get one or two first downs running the football and really shorten down this game. That's Yeah, that's good news for the Eagles that coming out in the second half. They've got the ground game going, and they've been able to have some success with it and run a little clock. And now, as it looks like we're trying to wait a little bit for this this TV to come back after uh, after the change of possession there, if they can continue to move the ball on the ground, run a little clock, this is this is O'Neal's game to lose with eight and a half left. Full house backfield behind Tramer. Tramer will take the snap. Tight end to his left. They're running to the left, and that tight end on that far side did flinch a little bit. That's going to cost him five yards. But again, Appleby, who uh, has the two interceptions, the three turnovers, that's kind of equated into some special moments here for O'Neal. And our special... Moment of the game, that interception 
Brought to you by the special people at Acera Care Hospice. Caring from the moments that matter with locations in Kearney, Grand Island, and York. Serving all the Tri-Cities and beyond. Call Acera Care Hospice today for your loved ones when they need the right care at the right time. Five-yard penalty does not help here. Makes it first and 15 because O'Neill wants to work the clock a little bit. They will hand it off right up the middle. And Campbell trying to get what he can. Check that. that yeah, Shane Campbell put his head down. And uh, he'll gain a couple of yards but it's still going to be uh, second, and we'll call it 12-and-a-half here for the Eagles. That's what the Eagles want to do right now. They'll get it just a couple yards. They'd like to get more, but if you just get a couple, create a pile to where they have to pull everyone off, get down to the ball before they can even start the play clock, continue to let that clock run, but you still want success. You can't just try to play and prevent the other team from getting the ball. You have to still try for success move the ball downfield, and try to add another score. They cannot have a three and out here. They really do need to get at least one first down, in my opinion, because Wahoo, you know, is going to come back. Tramer looks to throw. He throws it in traffic, but it's going to be caught. It's going to be enough for the first down, down to about the 39-yard line, and that was put in a small area, but Jake Young was able to make the catch. Seems to me so many of those pass patterns for O'Neill has another receiver within an arm's reach of the guy that catches the football. But, again, Tramer throws a great bullet right down the middle there between the middle of three receivers, and Young makes the catch. We just watched the replay, and they, there were three Eagles there, but it looked like there were six Cavaliers in the area. That was a great ball, exactly where only his guy could get it, continuing to play very well, Alex Tramer. And, again, he has not thrown an interception this season. And I'm not saying that to jinx the young man. I'm just saying if that's what your offense looks like, that shows the precision that number three has when he throws the football. He's going to hand it off right up the middle and uh, hitting the pile and then spinning is going to be Bailey Thompson. And Thompson trying to back in and gain what he can, and maybe he's going to get two yards. That's going to be it. But, again, thanks to that first down pass, they're going to be able to work the clock down to about the five-minute mark here. If they can add any points on this drive, that may be the knockout punch. Even if they run the next two plays for nothing, that's still going to run off another minute and a minute and a half of this game, making the odds a lot slimmer for Bishop Newman. But O'Neill probably, probably needs to get at least another first down to ice this game as much as necessary. Well, again, we're a long way from icing it. I think a touchdown might, uh, might do it, but short of that, well, we'll see as they have it here. Now third and about eight. Handoff up the middle. Nice seam going right up the middle. Good Young here run by Young. Young's going to be awfully close to that first down marker. In fact, they're going to move the chains. That is going to keep things moving along here as they'll be first and 10 from about the 28. O'Neal's offensive linemen are getting good push up front and not moving guys a great distance downfield, but they're managing to turn them just enough to give their running backs a good space to get ahead of steam and run the ball downfield. After 18 yards rushing in the first half, they have now 78 yards here in the second. So they've actually run the ball pretty effectively since intermission. Eye formation. Tramer will bring Appleby across that formation. In that eye, they'll hand it off. They come with a run blitz, and there's nowhere for Young to go as he is brought down immediately. That was Theo Bloom again. Watching the snap count and knowing that he can take a couple steps before they even snap the ball, and he comes through untouched again. He's done that a couple times this ball game, been running all over the place. He's really watching the snap count, knowing when he can get into the line. That might be something for O'Neal to watch and changing if they're going on one, first sound, what have you. 
but Theo Bloom being very smart about knowing when he can get in there. Randy Bushcutter, Caleb Henry here with you in the Class C1 State Championship game that O'Neill has taken over here in the second half. They trailed 22-21 at halftime, and they've scored 12 straight points. They'll pitch it out. Student body left trying to find some blockers out there. Is going to be Campbell. Campbell turns the edge, has a nice gain on the play, and he's going to be down at about the uh, 20-yard line, and it's going to set up now third and manageable. Oh, excuse me, fourth and manageable. And you're going to see Bishop Newman start using their timeouts strategically, and that's what they did there. They took the timeout, stopped the clock on fourth down, see if they can get a stop here because that's exactly what they need, get the ball back, prevent any more points going up for the other side. This timeout brought to you by Nebraska Land National Bank. Take timeout to find out what Nebraska Land National Bank can do for you. Local people, local decisions, local ownership, Nebraska Land National Bank. Member FDIC. It is going to be fourth and four here. For O'Neill, leading at 33-22 with 5:01 to go in the fourth quarter. When we come back to Memorial Stadium after this timeout. At Nebraska Land National Bank, we have accounts designed to fit your needs and financial goals. We offer the technology necessary to do business in today's busy world without sacrificing personal service. We have it all, from internet banking to personal banking and everything in between. So make the switch today. Our trained account transfer specialists provide you with personalized, detailed service. We're with you every step of the way to ensure a smooth and simple transfer. Stop by to visit with the specialist today. Nebraska Land National Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome back here to Memorial Stadium. 33-22 is the lead. And I I thought it was third down, but then they moved the sticks. It is third down here for O'Neill. So third and four for O'Neill. And now O'Neill's going to call a timeout. We'll keep it right here, even though this timeout is brought to you by Nebraska Land National Bank. Been a successful drive because uh, they've been able to work off about three and a half minutes here. And have gone 28 yards. So they've been able to move the chains, pick up a, a first down, hoping to pick up another one here. Again, if you can continue to do that, you, you, you start taking time off that clock, and already it's going to be inside of five minutes to go in the game before the Cavaliers get their hands back on the ball, and they're going to need two touchdowns. And if they do get a first down here, even if they don't put it in the end zone, they're going to start getting into where they can kick a field goal. That would put them up 14. And although Bishop Newman does go for two, if they're down 14, they might think about kicking at least if they score one more. Well, again, Lieber's long field goal is 32 yards, so they have to get down to, well, they're already there. They'd have to get down to, uh, well, they have to get down to about the 15-yard line for them to have the same distance. In any event, full house backfield, Behind Tramer, and they pitch it out. Leading the block here is going to be Daly, but there it's not going to be enough. They are going to get the first down. Good running after getting that pitch and just putting his head down, following all those lead blockers right up the middle is going to be Shane Campbell. And Campbell, with the drive, they'll keep this drive alive. We cannot emphasize enough how different this run game looks from first half to second half. Now they're, they're showing so much confidence in being able to line up and just run for three, four, five yards if they need it, whereas in the first half, they couldn't get two if it was absolutely necessary and had to go through the air more often than not. So Campbell's seventh rush of the uh, game puts him right at 50 yards rushing on the day. Tramer under center. Hands off, going off tackle, just kind of squirreling his way through there, burrowing in is going to be Campbell. Campbell will bring it inside the 15-yard line. They'll unstack everything, and they'll spot him at the 14 so that'll be a gain of right about three, and it keeps that clock moving here. 4:17, 4:16, as we'll call it 
we'll just call that a gain of two, I guess. Second and eight. O'Neal not doing anything special, not nothing complex, trying to trying to confuse the defense. Really, they're just running right up the middle, trying to get a couple yards and keep the clock moving. Don't turn the ball over and let this clock continue to run. Time of possession here in the second half, absolutely dominated by the team wearing blue and driving the ball here on second and about eight. Hand off, right up the middle. Nothing fancy here for Jake Young. Young just following those lead blockers, and he's going to be uh, brought down. He's going to set up now third and about three. Bishop Newman again using a timeout as it gets to third down, stopping the clock, being very strategic about how they're using those timeouts to save as much time as possible, but you only have so many of them, and if O'Neal scores here, that's exactly what you don't want to have used your timeouts on. This timeout brought to you by Nebraska Land National Bank. And again, we've talked about um, the ability maybe to kick a field goal if it comes down to that. It's going to be third and about two and a half. They'll need to get the ball down to the six-yard line. The ball is going to be spotted at about the eight, maybe just outside the eight. So you got about two and a half yards you got to get here. And you get that first down, boy, you can do some damage on that clock big time. But in any event, you kind of think on this play you want to run something that might set up the field goal to go up by two full scores, go up by 14 here because you'll lead it here 33-22. Now, although they are in field goal range and this was within uh, their, their field goal kicker's ability, they have missed a couple extra points. Does that play into the decision on whether or not to kick one, having missed a couple even closer than this so far through the game? It might, but a lot of times uh, that kicker wants the opportunity to redeem himself, and he's not out on the field right now. As Lever, a lot of times you like to have your kicker just kind of warming up and cleaning out his brain over there, uh, and I don't think Lever is on the field at the moment. No, he's not. So under center is Thramer. They hand off to the fullback, and boy, it doesn't matter now because he got the ball all the way down to the five-yard line. Just a quick hitter right up the middle, and that's going to be enough for a first and goal at the five. That'll give them at least three plays to run some more clock. Continue to They need to continue to hang on to the ball, not turn it over down here. They have all the momentum on both sides of the ball. They just need to be smart, hang, hang on to the football, and they've just been running it up the middle on every play. Again, not doing anything fancy here on this drive. Well, Lever has been shuttling in and out, so I have to take back my comment earlier about them just kind of setting him off to the sideline. He's been shuttling, and he's been in there about half the time as they keep shuttling him in, in, in and out. Full house backfield movement up front, and I think Newman jumped off sides. That would set up first and goal from about two and a half yards, but we'll see what the call is here. Yeah, that's encroachment, so that'll be first and goal two and a half yards away. And that's a good job by O'Neill. Changing up their snap count, they've had a couple where linebackers have been able to run downhill just as the ball is snapped. And everyone knows, everyone in the stadium knows that it's going to be a run play, most likely up the middle, changing up the snap count, getting some free yards. 18 yards rushing in their first half, 111 here in the second half for O'Neal. This has been entirely different running attack for the Eagles in the second half. And they've had solid quarterbacking throughout and three turnovers for the Cavaliers. Kramer, hands off. Campbell on that right side. They're trying to push the uh, pile forward. He's going to be short of the goal line. Good hard, re- hard run there by Shane Campbell, but he's going to be short of the goal line. And what we're seeing between each play, because they are playing in a college stadium, 
and they're using the play clocks on the end. Everyone is standing around watching, making sure that runs off as much as possible before they snap the ball. And Newman is going to call another timeout. This timeout brought to you by Nebraska Land National Bank. Take timeout to find out what Nebraska Land National Bank can do for you. 2.37 to go in the Class C1 state championship game, and O'Neill trying to throw the knockout punch. They lead at 33-22 over Newman. And we'll be back with the uh, second and goal play when we come back right after this. Do you have a passion for athletics? Are you a former high school or college athlete looking for ways to stay involved? The Nebraska School Activities Association is asking you to grab a whistle. Officials are needed in every high school activity and are essential to the future of the game. Visit nsaahome.org for more information. Grab a whistle and contact the NSAA to get registered. O'Neill, Wahoo, Newman has called their last time out. O'Neill has it. They'll hand it off right up the middle. There's plenty of line surge, and it's a touchdown. Quick handoff to Bailey Thompson for the score. This crowd knows it as they've been with all the momentum this half. Everyone knows that that ball's going right up the middle. They turn, give it to the fullback, let him barrel his way for the one yard necessary, extending that lead. Now, definitely the full. They need to get uh, two, three touchdowns now, Bishop Newman. And Lever to try the extra point. They have kicked all of them. They've had one just plain flat out miss, one off the upright. And now they'll have Lever try another one. High snap, kick is up. It is high in the air, and it is no good. Just off to the left side there. <laughs> and you see the reaction of Coach Brock Eichelberger there. Just, oh, come on. We could use another point here. Well, as it stands, they're still in great shape. They have a 17-point lead. They lead at 39-22 with 2.35 to go here in the fourth quarter. It's a three-possession game with 2.35 and no timeouts left for Bishop Newman. O'Neill will kick it off to the number one team in Class C1 when we come back after this. Have you ever seen a dented tortoise? The same way a thick tortoise shell protects its occupant, the bullet spray and bed liners from the dent poppers protect your pickup truck's bed. No rust, corrosion, dents, or scratches ever. Guaranteed for as long as you own your truck, and it says so in writing. Bullet spray on liners is the one that goes on hot, stays strong. That means your truck holds its value longer. Surprised that the dent popper now applies bullet spray on? Don't be. The dent popper's been on the leading edge of vehicle preservation for years. See the dent popper north of railroad on first. On the bricks, downtown. Carney for a free estimate. Well, another five points bank touchdown just right up the middle here for Bailey Thompson. And now a 17 point lead for O'Neill, who's trying to win their first ever state championship. They've been in the finals two other times, came away with the smaller of the two trophies. But now Eichelberger, head coach Eichelberger, who has uh, won a state title at Ewing High School, trying to add to his personal collection with one here today, and they're in great shape to do exactly that. So the kickoff, and there's going to be a little bit shorter, trying to get one of the upbacks to pick it up. It's bouncing around, and it is going to be picked up by uh, Daly. Daly comes up the middle, and he's going to be wrestled, a little hand-to-hand combat there as he runs into the hands of Chase Scholes. Bishop Newman has shown throughout the first half. They didn't show it a whole lot so far here in the second half. They can throw the ball and move downfield quickly. 
two and a half left in the game. They're going to have to move a little quicker than they did with a lot more urgency, but they've shown they can be aggressive enough. Go down, punch it in. All you can do is try to score this first time. Can't get it all back in one possession. O'Neill was a runner-up in 78 and 82. That was in Class B. Now they're poised for a C1 state championship. Vedral rolling to his right. It's all throwing all the time. He's going to air it out deep. That's a very tight spiral there into pretty good coverage, and it falls incomplete with the coverage there is Wyatt Lever. Even though sometimes the wind can't be felt quite as much down on the field, looks like it's swirling pretty good in the face of Bishop Newman, so that's going to be just one more thing going against them as they try to push this ball quickly downfield. When they won their first-round matchup this year in the in the playoffs, it was the first playoff win for O'Neill this century. Last one was a win against Ord back in 1996. So to say this has been a great year for O'Neill would be a vast understatement. Vedral, out of the uh, shotgun formation, throws it in underneath, and it is going to be incomplete, trying to connect there to Jake, uh, not to Jake Young, rather, but uh, Jackson Simmons. Young was in on coverage. So that one will fall incomplete. And now you got third and ten. Third and ten, and O'Neill knows that they have to go through the air, so they're sitting back a little bit more, staying on the receivers, knowing they don't need a great push from their defensive line, just need to contain and not let Vedral get out and run on his own. So two downs here for O'Neill if they can make the stop. Vedral rolls. He throws. It's complete. It's a first down as he's able to get it to his uh, fullback on that right side there, Thomas Lilly. And that's the experience of Vedral, even though there was a lot of pressure in the backfield. And he probably could have run for five, six yards and got out of bounds, but he knows where the clock is at and what they need. He extended the play and found someone downfield for the first down. O'Neill with wins over Columbus Lakeview and Aquinas Catholic and then Boystown. And now trying to hold on here. Vedral throws it in underneath. It's going to be swatted down at the line, putting up a big paw there, I believe, with 54, Jason Halbeck. Yeah, Halbeck got into the backfield. It looked like everyone stopped playing a little bit because Vedral went to make the pass. But Halbeck just threw his arms up in the air, and it looked more like he was playing at a volleyball net, threw up the roof, and didn't let the ball get by. So it'll be second and 10. Stops the clock here with two minutes to go. 39-22. O'Neal with a 17-point lead. Vedral taking the snap. Has time to throw. Gets it off on this left side. Going to be caught. And short of the first down is uh, going to be Jackson Simmons. They'll mark him about a yard short. Tried to extend that ball forward, but he stepped out of bounds before he got that full extension. Still a very smart play, getting the ball out onto the edge and getting out of bounds. They're, they've been very smart with their use of the clock, but that is their biggest nemesis right now. How much time can they keep on the clock? Down by 17, they need to score three times. And really, if O'Neill gets their hands on the ball, all they'll ever have to do is kneel on it. Vedral rolls out to his left. At midfield, they'll step up, throws a short pass that's going to be incomplete. So on third and one. He could have ran and got the first down, but probably would have stayed in bounds. And yeah, you can stop the clock to move the chains. So now you need to get the first down, obviously. That might have saved time, but it does endanger the drive. Most important right now for Bishop Newman is get the first down, get it downfield. Even if you stay in the middle of the field, you have to get the first down to keep the drive in the season alive. 
And they're going to go with a running formation here. To the left of Vedral is going to be Daly, and he's got a running back behind him. And it's going to be Vedral right up the middle. Has the first down, has it at the 30, and will put his uh, hand on the turf to gain a little bit of extra yards there, and he'll be down at the 28. That will stop the clock to move the chains with a minute 43 to go, and it'll be first and 10 from the 28 here for the Cavaliers, who are down 39-22. And with no timeouts, everyone quickly to the line waiting for that ball to get spotted and the play clock to go so they can snap it. And they are checking on something. The clock has not started yet, and now they will wind it. And they still haven't wound it. They walk away from the ball. That's a break for Bishop Newman. Yeah, and they now they finally wind it. Vedra will throw. Quick little out on the right side. That's going to be Daly. Daly is going to be pulled down at the 25. Wow, what strong hands on that outside over there by the corner to pull him down one-handed. And that's a lot of time in the weight room there for Bailey Thompson. Thompson fought off a block and still grabbed the ball carrier, pulled him down inbounds. That's huge because the clock is still moving here. Bad snap. Vedral has to pick it up off the turf. He's going to step. He's going to throw in traffic and tipped away at the last moment. Nearly intercepted by Appleby again. Appleby is everywhere. A true ball hawk downfield. Almost came away with another interception, but if you're O'Neal, you know they have to put it in the air. And Vegel saw one guy and one guy only after the bad snap and put it up down towards the goal line. O'Neal up by 17, 72 seconds away from their first state championship in school history in the sport of football. I think they won some in basketball back in the early 20s. Okay, maybe more recently than that. Vedel will take the snap. He's looking to pass. He'll set a screen up on that right side and cannot make the connection. It falls incomplete, trying to find Rezac. That screen was set up pretty well, but it stops the clock with a minute eight. Another fourth down on this possession. I don't think we'll see him go to the running formation. A few more yards to go on this one, but O'Neal's defense really feeling it, getting that crowd pumped up. Bishop Newman, if they're in this position with the season on the line, 68 seconds, they have the right quarterback for the moment. Vedral has been very, very poised. Get the first down and keep the drive moving. He needs seven yards here on fourth down. Look for him to scramble. He's going to roll out to his right. He's looking to throw. He'll stop. He's going to throw. He lobs it in the end zone in traffic, and it is incomplete. Trying to connect with Jurgensmeyer. Jurgensmeyer wants the flag, is not going to get it, and O'Neill will celebrate. Vedral got out into the flats, and as we're seeing on the replay, just threw it up for grabs. Maybe had a different guy open he could have thrown to coming across the middle, but threw that one up, just leaving it all out there on a prayer. And this time, the the Hail Mary just tossing it up doesn't work out for Bishop Newman like it did for O'Neill in the first half. So the favorite formation for your soon-to-be C1 state champions will be the victory formation. Taking the snap and then kneeling on it is going to be Alex Thramer. And when it's accomplished, you're going to hear a roar from Memorial Stadium. Come on, Eagle fans. You can do better than that. You're going to win your first state title in history. And again, back in 96, they won a playoff game. And until this year, that had been it. And you saw the... uh... 
the Gatorade bucket gets dumped over on the side. That's what the crowd was really waiting for to see. It's getting a little bit chillier over here, and the coach being a little, getting a little bit uh, chilly with some, some water poured on him. They're going to wait, run this clock down, just need to kneel it one more time. Well, Eichelberger has uh, been dunked here before at Memorial Stadium when he was the head coach at Ewing. They'll kneel on it one more time, and they will not need to do it again. O'Neal, undefeated, holds off the top seed and, well, top ranked most of the year, Wahoo Newman. Your final score, O'Neal, 39, Bishop Newman, 22. Bishop Newman ranked number one from the preseason all the way even up until this game. But as the final clock hits zero, it's O'Neal, the number one team in Class C1. And even though they were looked at as the underdog coming into the game, they have proved themselves with their dream season undefeated, number one first state football championship. And again, they were looking for respect as much as anything. Well, being the only undefeated team in the state will get you a lot of respect. Congratulations to the O'Neill Eagles for a state championship, your final 39-22. to We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have the New West Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Surgery postgame show coming up right after this. Family Physical Therapy and Sports Center, getting you back in the game of life. With two locations in Kearney, the Ortho Clinic at the Kearney Clinic and the Rehab Clinic at the ENT Building. Family Physical Therapy and Sports Center, excellence in rehabilitation, a very proud supporter of the area athletes in and out of the game. Locations serving Kearney, Lexington, Minden, Ravenna, and Wood River, Family Physical Therapy and Sports Center. At Care Hospice, we care for your family like you are a part of ours. Through compassionate hospice services, we help to alleviate fears and concerns so that you and your loved ones can focus on the joy of everyday moments. We celebrate the memories and special occasions of a life well-lived and provide support and assistance so you feel comforted throughout the hospice journey. For more information about our services, visit us online at aceracare.com. Care Hospice, caring for moments that matter. Anderson Brothers can rewire your entire house or just add a handy outlet. We can fix an annoying drip or install a whole new kitchen and bath. We can change your furnace filter or convert your entire home to geothermal heat. After all, our name says it all. Anderson Brothers Electric, Plumbing, and Heating. Turn to the experts at Anderson Brothers. Neighbors serving your neighborhood for over 65 years. O'Neill finishes perfect on the season. They ran through the regular season with wins against Grand Island Central Catholic, Ord, Boone Central, Newman Grove, Columbus Lakeview, West Point Beamer, at Norfolk Catholic, Pierce, and Wayne. They had a forfeit against Madison that they were able to collect. And then in the playoffs, they rolled past Columbus Lakeview, 45-20, to eliminated Aquinas Catholic, 15 to 12, and then end of the season for Boys Town in the semifinals, 27 to 13. And here in the state championship game against Bishop Newman, they win it 39 to 22 to stay undefeated on the season. Scoring summary for you both teams driving at will in the first half as both teams scored on their first two possessions of the first half. The first one to get on the board was Noah Vedrol for Bishop Newman on a five-yard run. They went for the two-point conversion, got it, and they led 8 to nothing with 8.33 to go in the first quarter. 
Then O'Neill right down their throat, throwing the ball for the most part. Alex Thramer then capped the drive with a one-yard rush. Extra point was good. It was 8-7 to seven with 3.19 to go in quarter number one. But then Newman right down the field again. This time Pete Burke caught the pass from Noah Vedral on fourth down. That made it 16-7 to seven when they went for the two-point conversion and got it. And then on the ensuing drive, O'Neill gets right back on the board. This time, Jake Young, a 22-yard touchdown pass from Justin Appleby on a wide receiver pass that was just a jump ball that Young was able to outwork Noah Vedral for. The extra point was good. It was 16-14. to 14. And then in the uh, second quarter as well, Trevin Rezac capped a nice drive that finished with a 14-yard run. The uh, two-point conversion was no good. It was 22-14 to 14. then with 6.14 to go in the second quarter. And with a minute 12 to go before halftime, Jake Young got a 41-yard touchdown pass from Alex Thramer. Kick was good. It was 22-21 at halftime. Newman with the lead, and the second half belonged to the O'Neill Eagles as they took the uh, opening kickoff of the second half right down the field, about a five-minute drive as Thramer goes in for the quarterback sneak. The extra point was no good, 27-22. to 22. But then with 10.48 to go in the fourth quarter, again, Thramer with a quarterback sneak. Uh, again, the extra point, no good, 33-22. to 22. And then with 2.35 to go after an interception, set them up with good field position, uh, a nice run up the middle by uh, Thompson, who goes in for the, ton- the touchdown. And Bailey Thompson... Uh, scores the final points of the game. Uh, the extra point was good, I guess, but they uh, get the final touchdown of the game, 39-22 to at that point. And a nice win here for O'Neill as they remain undefeated on the season with a 39-22 win over Bishop Newman. And uh, now checking out the uh, final statistics is going to be Caleb Henry. First for your Class C1 runner-up, Bishop Newman. It was, it was a tale of two halves for all of their stats, but Noah Verdal. Vertle for Bishop Newman still played tremendous, had 187 yards through the air on 14 of 28 passing. One touchdown, did have those two interceptions, one of those very late in the game as they're trying to come back. He also had a fumble as he tried to make something happen there, and that was the the three turnovers that were the big difference in O'Neill managing to hang on to the ball. Rushing, it was it was uh, Vertle again, 99 yards on 16 attempts. He had one touchdown. One touchdown for Trevin Rezac, who had six rushes for 32 yards. Five attempts for 14 yards was Thomas Lilly. And then receiving, the ball was spread out everywhere for Bishop Newman. Three catches for 31 yards was Pete Burke. Trevin Rezac, two catches for 40 yards. Jurgensmeyer, two catches for 37 yards. Thomas Lilly, two catches for 34 yards. Jackson Simmons, two catches for 27 yards. Theo Bloom, two catches for 15 yards. And Ryan Daly, one catch for three yards. And for the Class C1 state champions, Alex Tramer finishes the year with zero interceptions in the championship game and zero interceptions on the season. He went 17 for 21, extremely consistent the whole game, 232 yards through the air. And Justin Appleby also had one passing attempt for one touchdown. That was a 22-yard pass on a fourth down conversion. For rushing the ball, it was two completely different halves. They only had 18 rushing yards in the first half, 127 for the game. Campbell ends up being the leading rusher for O'Neill. 10 attempts, 56 yards. Thompson had 13 attempts for 33 yards. Alex Tramer scrambled most of the time is where his yards come from. 
12 attempts for 28 yards. Jake Young had eight touches for 17 yards and receiving. The ball got spread out for, to about five receivers. Justin Appleby, who was one of those players who made a lot of good plays on defense, had a couple of interceptions, six receptions for 61 yards. Jake Young, five, five receptions, 91 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Wyatt Lever, three receptions for 50 yards. Bryce Heiser, two receptions for 29 yards. And Thompson had two catches for 23 yards to round out the receiving for the O'Neill Eagles. So congratulations to O'Neill. They win the, the fifth title that we've handed out here today or throughout the course of the last couple of days here at Memorial Stadium. We still have the Class B championship to hand out here. Uh, Tim Terman couldn't get it done for Bishop Newman. Maybe his son Matt can get it done for Scott as they take on Elkhorn South at about 7 o'clock. A little bit before 7, we'll be back here on the ESPN Superstation with coverage of the Class B state championship game. Once again, your final here from uh, Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. It's uh, O'Neill with a 39-22 win over Bishop Newman. The Eagles finish the season 13-0, winning their first state championship in school history. I'm Randy Bushcutter for Caleb Henry. Thanks for joining us. Good night, everybody. The proceeding has been a KXPN Sports production brought to you by the KXPN Sports Club. To download this podcast or any of our podcasts, go to our podcast link at ESPNSuperstation.com. Shoes such as New Balance, Clark's, Echo, Keen, and many more.